Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 234 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host for this show and the founder of Sifted. You can find me on Twitter at Dinfire. Alongside me to talk about the best in games for the week is Matthew Kyle. What's up, Matt? How's your week been? Um, Pretty quiet. Had to take uh, a quick vet visit this morning. Um, Luckily that went fast because originally I was going to have to go get her after the show. But uh, we don't yeah, have we to worry were. about that now. Well, we also started the show late. Thanks to everybody who stayed on Twitch waiting for us to get things sorted. Uh, we updated the firmware on our TriCaster this week, had tested it. Everything seemed good. Came in today. There was a problem, but we got it sorted. And here we are, uh, ready to discuss the biggest topics in games for the week. Uh, if you want to check out Matt on Twitter, you can find him at mkyle. That's K-E-I-L. If you want to support Sifted, you can head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. If you're checking out this show on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're getting it. If you want to help us out, patreon.com slash sifted is the place to do it. And if you don't have any cash and want to help us for free and you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to our Twitch channel with uh, Amazon Prime and Twitch Prime and give us a free $2.50 every month. Uh, If you're on YouTube, instructions for that are below in the description. And we have tons of people doing that right at the beginning of the show. In fact, a lot of people did it while we were waiting for the show to start. Wampler13, Swanland, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, Minority Games, thank you for Twitch Prime. Commander Fett, thank you. Uh, Nox, Aeternatitis. I always mispronounce that. I'm sorry if I get it wrong. Axel F 1986. Not Cirque. Talica 1981. Thanks to all you guys for Twitch Prime. Again, it's free. If you have Amazon Prime, you can support us without any money coming out of your pocket. Uh, before we get started today, there is a bunch of fun housekeeping to get to. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes right now with Sifted. Uh, The biggest of which is that our Patreon is finally getting its overhaul on November 1st. Uh, We've been talking about it for a while. We've been waiting for a bunch of site changes and improvements to get finished. Those have been happening. You guys probably haven't noticed most of them uh, because a lot of them were cosmetic things or little functional things. Uh, But all the stuff for Sifted 2.0 is getting buttoned up. Uh, Ads are coming to the site as well. I'll talk about that a little bit more as that gets closer. Uh, so anyway, the Patreon's going to be overhauled November 1st. Make sure you go and take a look. Uh, most of the tiers are going to stay the same. Some are going to be changed a little bit. Uh, but make sure you give it a look on November 1st. Other stuff going on. Our T-shirts are in production right now. Uh, I'm not going to show them yet. I will say, though, that I listened to all your feedback on these shirts. So everything you guys have ever told us about T-shirts leading up to this, I have listened to your feedback for these. There's going to be two different designs. And there's going to be two different colors, but one color for each design. Um, But those should be going on sale November 1st for the first time. Um, And we're going to actually have like two stores now on the site. We're going to have one store that's our limited edition stuff. Those are the really nice t-shirts that we make ourselves. Uh, Highest quality, best screens. If if you've ever bought any of our old t-shirts, you know what I'm talking about. I love our t-shirts. They're still my favorite shirts I have. They still look brand new. Some In some cases, they're like three years old and they look, they look brand new still. So they're going to be the same T-shirt cut, same style, uh, same fabric. So they're going to be really soft, uh, but new designs and new colors. So look for that November 1st. And then the other merch store 
is going to be our store on Spreadshirt, which is a company that provides all kinds of different merch. So t-shirts are going to be on-site at Sifted under the limited edition tab. And then at Spreadshirt, you're going to be able to buy all kinds of stuff. Uh, we've got hats, we've got hoodies, uh, we have like water bottles, we have like a hip pack, a bunch of stuff you're going to be able to buy. And the best part is starting on November 1st, for the first two weeks that our Spreadshirt store is open, everything's going to be 15% off. So there's going to be a ton of awesome Sifted merch for you guys to get. Now, another thing I should mention is some of you guys are going to be getting t-shirts for free. Uh, if you've been pledging at that tier or if you've pledged at that tier at any point throughout the year, we will go back and we will find you and you will be getting a free t-shirt coming uh, no matter where you live. We'll ship anywhere in the world. So those are coming. And then also sifted stickers. I just got the new stickers in. Again, I'm going to wait to show those with the shirts, even though I do have them already. I'm not going to show them yet because one of the one of the stickers will give away the design for the shirts. That, and I want to show them first on the shirt. So anyway, big stuff coming. Those stickers are a part of the sticker shock tier on our Patreon. So again, all you guys are going to be getting some free mailings, some free stickers coming your way from Sifted. Uh, you can stick them on your car or anywhere else you want to. So anyway, that's kind of the big stuff. November 1st is going to be a big date for us. Changing the Patreon, launching new shirts on Sifted.net, launching a new merch store with Spreadshirt, a bunch of site changes coming online. I'm not sure ads will be there for November 1st, but that is sort of the target date that we're shooting for right now. So anyway... Just tons of stuff going on behind the scenes. I'm really excited. I'm really working hard behind the scenes for you guys, people. I wish I wish I was in a reality show so you could see how much time I dedicate to Sifted because it's like my whole freaking life. So anyway, uh, that big stuff is coming. Also, big Q4 coming. Tons of big games coming. Uh, I've got some review codes sitting in my inbox this morning that make me very, very excited and very happy. And uh, it's time to get on with the show. But unfortunately... We're going to kick things off with something that's not exciting and not fun and not something that we wanted to hear or, in all honesty, really thought that we would ever hear. Johnny Hurricane just dropped 2,500 bits. Thank you, brother. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. And that's worth breaking into the first topic to mention that. Rex800, thank you for Twitch Prime. FF8, Master C, thank you for Twitch Prime. So we're going to kick things off with some really depressing news and maybe some concerning news as well. And that is that... Cyberpunk 2077 was delayed again. Um, now, don't freak out too hard because I think when I first saw the headline, I was like, nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. And then I saw the date. And it's been delayed not out of 2020. It is coming now on December 10th. Um, the reasoning that uh, CD Projekt Red gave for the delay is that it is having problems optimizing the current gen version of Cyberpunk 2077. Matt, how did you take this news? Were you surprised like me? No. No. Um, you really you thought it would be delayed again. I'm I'll be pleasantly. It went gold. <laughs> Going gold doesn't mean anything. Now anymore. it doesn't. Every the rest of our lives it has. Well, yeah, but things things change. Like my how are you not surprised by this? Like that's never happened the, before. Once the game has gone gold, it's never been delayed. Because so going what, gold what precedent did you have to expect this was gonna happen? My precedent is that my friends who work on games now and are like our age and have like been around for a long time hate working after the game goes gold because it doesn't end anymore. Like when a game goes gold now, it doesn't mean anything to the dev team because the, in, the that day you're literally just trans, transferring over to working on the day one patch. 
Like mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like I have I have a but bunch of friends. That, but why would but they like they instantly like try to like start getting off the project and onto a new project because they to them someone who's our age and has been like you say when something went gold the game's done. Like yeah. they have not been able to kind of transition themselves into accepting the idea that when the game is gold the work doesn't end. Like work mm-hmm. doesn't stop. So it's always still possible that you'll you'll. So you're saying ground. that you all may have going gold that they kind of let up a little bit once it went gold and maybe no, not at all. There's just not right. enough time. There's just they're they're trying to get this thing too out too early. That's always been clear. The crunch thing has been you know sitting right there. Everything Shire reports on feeds into that. Um, going gold just means you've sent code to the. Manufactured it's certified, right? Discs. I mean, it's been like, certified by the platform holder. That's no, I mean. it just. It, I mean, it just means you can print discs now. Like it's in a. It, you you have a form of the code that the publisher is okay saying we will mass produce this for retail sale. But as we've talked about before, one of the problems with with the physical thing versus digital now is the physical thing on the disc generally is not what the game you want to play is going to end up being yeah, yeah. after about six months. And you need that so I have always been sort of you know I I for a long time I felt like it you know yes it's going to come this year the original thing was April da 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 da. Um, as we moved further into the late summer and like we saw like more and more reporting on the crunch situation and they'd be like oh it's only going to be for like you know, a month and a half. And then like developers coming forward from CD Projekt Red anonymously and saying like, no, we've been doing this for two years. Like this has been what's going on. Um, It's like, okay, so you're scrambling to get this done. Uh, More and more we're seeing like, you know, concerns about like, oh, well, what the current gen, you know, we've had questions on this show from people asking Mm -hmm. like, well, if I'm going to play this current gen, what's that going to be like? And we're like, I don't know, like who knows? Um, I it saw, started people, I saw people like not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw people asking today whether they would get Cyberpunk on the Switch, and it's like you are in another world if you. Think well, they may happening. not be now. I don't um, know. If, we'll talk about something a little later that maybe they're not in another world. Yeah, I, I saw that. I still don't buy we'll it. See. We'll talk um, about it. But like the uh, like, I will be pleasantly surprised if we we are playing this this year. Really? Um, so that was my next question. My my other flip side. I mean, my other flip side is like, hey, if it works on the current, the new new next gen systems, fucking release that. Like, who cares? Like, um, how do you, you know, think people would react if the game was delayed into next year on the current gen systems and was released for PS5 and Xbox Series X? Well, here's the thing. I don't. I don't know if you can. Like that. Yeah. That was a part two of what I was saying. Is like I don't know if there's a separate skew for the next gen versions or because yeah, people all would plays. just probably buy the Xbox Series X version and then try to basically yeah. get it and then play it on their current gen, it could get messy. Yeah, like I don't, because like there's no separate SKUs on the Xbox. There is, our separate, PS5 games are separate SKUs to Sony from PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you would have to sell that separately somehow. And I, I feel like that wasn't the plan. So you don't have that in the distribution pipeline. So at the retail level, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a, a, a pivot they can make. Um, you could release it digitally. Uh, you could release the PC version and say, you know, go nuts. The PC PC people would be thrilled by that. Um, but I'm I'm sure they want to kind of do everything all at once to keep some kind of parity. Um, and you wonder if you're hitting a point where, like, are you just going to have to put a warning on it to say, like, hey, if you still have a vanilla Xbox One don't even try it <laughs> like it's you know like i don't know like if you're having trouble getting this to run on the sear on the xbox one x what does the launch system look like at this yeah. point yeah that's my question well for instance i was sent a review code for watchdogs legion and mm-hmm. because we're one of the smaller guys we don't get like first dibs on code so they sent me an xbox code for the game 
which it will be great on November 10th. But right now, it's not great. And you guys are probably wondering, are we going to talk about uh, Watch Dogs Legion on today's show? We are not. I did not get my review code until last night, and I haven't had a chance to play because I was doing all the show prep. I know you guys probably saw the reviews uh, up on Sifted from some outlets, uh, but not everyone got it at the same time as them. So I should have, we'll definitely have impressions about it next week. Uh, I may Yeah, because it comes out in two days. Right. Yeah, I may try to do something for you guys on Friday. At least maybe drop my impressions in a quick video or something to kind of let you know how I'm leaning without giving everything away that would ruin Game Face for next week. But anyway, just something to keep an eye on. We're not talking about it in today's show, just a heads up. Um, so do, what what percentage chance do you think there is that it doesn't make 2020? Um, I'm going to kind of go around 30%. I think they're so going to really try. It'll make it. I think so. I think they're really going to try to stick to that December day because you don't want to lose Christmas sales. Because if they didn't think they could make it, why wouldn't they just delay it into next year instead yeah. of just like the three weeks? I mean, it's really just three weeks. It's That's 21 days. It's not, it's not a crazy delay. Honestly, like you saw a lot of the gaming press just sort of breathe a sigh of relief because now all of a sudden they don't have to cover two next gen systems and cyberpunk in one week. Um, it, that well, was you had be a like lot. a week before it came out. Well, actually, if you're in the press, if you're reviewing, you're, you're doing that the same yeah, week the same as the launch of the system. Yeah, so it right. was a it was a going to be a big ask. Um, it, well, so let's, meanwhile, let's everyone who's releasing a game in December is just like fuck. Yeah, yeah and everyone in November <laughs> is like, thank God. Like, oh, we're all free and clear in November. Yeah, because yeah, Assassin's, I mean, dude, Assassin's Creed's just like woo. Ubisoft <laughs> is doing is dancing in the streets. Oh yeah. But they're dancing in the streets because they just cleared way. Now, obviously, Phoenix, you know, Immortals Phoenix Rising is in a bit of a weird spot now. Yeah. Uh, Although I think think it's less of a, yeah, Yeah. it's it's less of a, you know, and I think Immortals Phoenix Rising seems to have a pretty strong presence with Switch fans. Yeah. Um, So they'll have strong sales there regardless. Mm -hmm. I I think, I think Phoenix Rising is different enough that they don't need to super worry about being eclipsed. And if it is if it is like everyone's first choice is Cyberpunk, Christmas is coming up, and a lot of people get Immortals: Phoenix Rising for Christmas. So I think Immortals: Phoenix Rising is going to be okay. I feel like uh, Assassin's Creed is just even though it's not Cyberpunk, it's still like a futuristic super sci-fi thing. I know that you know there's some sci-fi in Assassin's Creed, but like I feel like they're different things, but they are kind of the same audience. They're huge time you know? sync open world yeah. RPGs, yeah. So there's um, a similarity, but you're right. The tone's completely different. And but set. I think the people that are interested in one are usually interested in the other. Yeah, absolutely. I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sign me up. Um, uh, the next thing I was going to bring up, someone in chat actually mentioned, um, and and he was saying, okay, what's going to happen with Game of the Year? So for things like the Game Awards, it's not going to be considered for Game of the Year no, for 2020. It'll, it'll miss game, the Game Awards thing. It'll miss a lot of people's A lot of them. Everything is like a case-by-case basis. For us, it's going to be dicey because we generally generally record the last episode of Game Phase like December 15th to the 20th, somewhere in there. Mm. Um, and so and that can you really make a, you know, can you make a Game of the Year decision after five days of playing I mean, something. The only way I could do it is if I just binged it literally mm-hmm. and just played it for five days straight, really without doing much of anything else. Other yeah, than- it, but it still feels like to me, at least I, I need some time to digest things. You know, it makes it some, hard for sure. Some yeah. time to reflect on what everything I played, how that ma- matches up, how I feel about it a week later, like that all factors into a game of the year decision. Yeah. I haven't decided yet on whether we will consider it for game. Now, of to, year. now to be fair, we are probably not going anywhere for Christmas. So, if we right. want to do it a little later than usual, that's like true. don't think that's that changes point. anything. That's a good point. Maybe we'll be able to do it a little later this year. I'll just say this. Right now, I'm leaning towards not considering it. 
uh, things could change um, mm -hmm. leading up to it. But as of right now, it probably won't be considered. But if we do do the show later and Matt and I feel comfortable about it, then we will. So it, it just... So then it's going to compete with year two of the next gen stuff um, for game of the year. So it's in a precarious position. I doubt that that was top of mind for CD Projekt Red when they had to make this no, decision. Um, but uh, I do think they would prefer to have it out for Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah. Because then it's like, I mean, look, it, it's been proven that games can sell really well in Q1 if they're a big game. Oh, yeah. But there's I, mean, no I think denying. this is bulletproof no matter what, but you want that holiday buzz. On Absolutely. Like I mean, you, you, you'll you, sell more. you will still sell more at the holidays, guaranteed. Um, because next holiday, it'll probably still sell well, but it won't yeah. be the hot new thing anymore. So, and look, they they have to target, you know, 15, 16 million sales for this thing after how many years have developed, how many years it's been in development, and all the other issues that have come along with it. it they need to sell a lot to, uh, to make money on this game. So, I don't know. It's uh, it definitely bummed me out. And I, then if you look at like the fantasy leagues, you know, all our sifted fantasy challenge, pretty much every team has Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Mine does, and I already lost Halo Infinite. Um, so it's yeah, this thing gets delayed out of the out of the year. I might actually have a chance again. You might. You'll probably win. You probably will. Um, so yeah, if it doesn't make it this year, it throws our league into crazy flux, which just means I'm I'm the biggest curse ever, ever. Mm. Um, and it throws the Sifted Fantasy Challenge into flux, meaning that anybody could probably win. Uh, and, you know, there's there are prizes for that. So, And we'll probably check in on that in next week's episode. Although next week's episode is going to be a big one because we're going to be talking about, like, next gen. We're probably going to do, like, our top five or ten games for both Xbox One and PS4 in, uh, in next week's episode. We're going to be wrapping up the generation, basically. So a lot to get to um, in addition to Watch Dogs and all this other stuff. So anyway... Um, I was definitely bummed to hear about this. I am very excited for this game. And then kind of another caveat around Cyberpunk this week was that it's been, I don't even think it was announced. I think it was just kind of deduced that some of the stuff that was shown in that initial E3 2018 demo that really set, set everything in motion for the game, including for me personally, um, some of that stuff is not going to make it into the final game. Now that is not... A big deal that happens all the time uh, that they'll show a game at first and maybe there's a couple things in there that don't make it into the final game or they tweak some things here and there. But because it is Cyberpunk 2077 and there was so much promise based on that initial demo, people seem to be freaking out about it. What say you, Matt? I don't even know what's missing. Like, what, did, what were the things that are gone now? I don't even know the specifics. I'll be perfectly honest with you. They weren't. I don't. I don't care. Like I don't give a shit. Like that's my my constant thing with this is like if you're gonna if you're gonna look at early stuff for a video game or a movie or any kind of piece of media that may not fully reflect what you get in the final retail or final release item, and if you're not ready to deal with that, you shouldn't look at preview content. I mean, look at Ocarina of Time. Look how much like that Nintendo leak. Look how much stuff was early on. We're going to be this and ended up being this instead. Yeah. And it was so far along. There was all this art. It was all these they assets. Stuff this in code, the arena of stuff time there, yeah. TV commercial that yeah. wasn't in the game. They originally go, showed the trial. Go back and look at uh, you know trailers for like the original Men in Black. Uh, like half that yeah. original the trailer for Men in Black is not in the movie. Like it just it happens. Like it, it's. It's a dynamic thing. Creative choices are made, and, and sometimes things don't work out the way you think they're going to. Like, And sometimes the puddle looks slightly different. Deal with it. 
Like I, it's, so, it's ridiculous. So chat has chipped in and helped us. Uh, Fire Native says that wall running has been removed because of Matt. Oh, we knew that for a long time. Uh, like, Bobby Budnick also concurs on that one. And then Johnny Hurricane says dual wielding swords was lost. So not that right. big of a deal. Like, not really. I mean, I we'll see how good the melee first person melee is in the for at all anyway you know yeah like, you know. i mean that's always a big concern no matter what and they have shown a good um, bit of it and it seems to look okay but really that is a feel thing like how yeah. how responsive it feels the tactical feedback you're getting from the controller that kind of stuff yeah same with like you know like obviously the driving looks better than i expected it to but the real the proof's going to come down what does it yeah. feel like to actually drive it absolutely um yeah and just and look also having played some ghost runner this week like I don't need a wall anymore. First person cyberpunk wall running. I'm good. Like that, <laughs> that, that game is just frustrating as all hell. I didn't play it enough to really talk about it, but all I can tell you is ghost runner is very difficult. And if you don't have enough patience for that, stay the fuck away from that thing. Um, obviously it was, it was a little more of a stopgap measure when we thought this was coming in a couple weeks, but uh, yep. it's, um, I mean, basically it's like the same amount of time, but we got, we had the same amount of time between now and the original release date as we do. It just got delayed. So it just sort of doubled your wait time. Yeah. Um, but, um and maybe it does work out for the better. Personally, you know, there's I have plenty of stuff I have to play in November. Yeah. Um, and, and right now, December looks like two games, basically. You know, Immortals mm -hmm. and this. So I'm okay with them spreading it out a little more. I just really hope it comes before the end of the year. And I think CD Projekt Red really needs it to come out before the end of the year. Because I do think it will lose significant sales, like, life to date. Yeah. If it doesn't come out before the holidays. And also, if it doesn't come out before that, you are basically working your team through Christmas, and that's not going to be great press either. Nope. And, they and they've got enough bad, bad press, press as it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think bad press like that will keep most people from buying the game. No, but like right. in the, on the it, it's it's partly, I think, about their reputation in the industry. Yeah. Um, you know, the, their, yeah, their peers sure. don't look very kindly on a lot of that. Yeah. And, and they, they have want the best talent. You know, they want to yeah. hire people from Naughty Dog and Insomniac, mm -hmm. and they want to poach people from those and teams. And there's weird, right? you know, like it doesn't look, you know, they didn't have a choice, but it doesn't look great that they, that most of the development team found out about the delay the same time we did because. I of, understand uh, why they did that though, Matt. Um, mm -hmm. I understand well, why they did that. Though. Well, it was legally they had to. Yeah, I mean, I get the legal part of it, but even just aside from the legality of it, like if if you start talking about it internally, it, somebody leaks it, and then you lose control of the messaging. Yeah, well, the thing and then was it like spirals they, into you, even worse than what it did. You couldn't have leaked it that way because it the decision was made like twelve hours earlier. Um, but like there was, there's some law in Poland that basically says like, if you distribute that information to the employees, you have to have everyone sign an NDA or it counts as leaked insider info. Oh. Um, which is a very like strange insider trading, like insider trading like violation yeah. is what that would okay. be. And it's, and that's a very strange way to have that law <laughs> set up, but that yeah. is apparently how Poland does it. So they can't do that. Um, but to us like that would, that's like, oh, you, you gotta give people like, like have a meeting an hour before or something yeah. and then send the thing like an out. An hour yeah. before is okay. Like yeah. the day before is when you get into, tr into trouble where people start leaving. Like we have, I think we just have a thing business culture wise in America yeah. at least that's like the employees should find out the thing that's going to happen to them before the news does. Yep. You know, I, like, I agree with that. In which, general. yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we all have that expectation mm -hmm. uh, having, having work, at least worked here. I'm, I'm sure it's the same in a lot of other countries, but like, um, so to, to us, that feels like a really like kind of, nasty way to do that but legally bound to do that without sending a whole, a whole lot of contracts yeah um but it's just it's it's kind of a mess and you've got all the other problems uh you know the the weird um you know 
you, you've got the whole uh, company kind of painted with that transphobic brush because of the the actions of a bunch of either rogue or slightly too honest for PR purposes, like social media people, um, you know, and then like the depictions of, of, of certain trans people, minority groups in, uh, in the advertisements in the game and that they've used those advertisements to advertise the game, which is sort of a weird, cause like in the game, they're claiming that like, that's supposed to be bad and it's supposed to be illustrating the corruption and the, and the, the badness of this corporate world that people live in. But then you're using those advertisements unvarnished to advertise the game as sort of a flavor text thing. Right. And that's sort of you're removing context from that is probably not a great move. And like, children could have told you that was a bad idea but you did yeah. it anyway and now you have to deal with that fallout and it's like there's a there's a lot of people that just want to see you know there's a lot of people waiting for review whether reviews mention the political ramifications and the social ramifications of like how cd project red has has comported themselves on these issues rather than is the game any good um well, i would hope it's that going to hurt them in focus on the game and they will but cd project red you'd think but they cd project red has contextualized this issue as being part of the game and part of what they're saying in the game at the same time saying that it's not political which like Cyberpunk is inherently political, regardless of what issue you're talking about. So they've got they've got kind of an uphill battle in terms of sort of their image right now, in terms of the sort of the hardcore online, extremely online Twitter sphere, mm-hmm. um, which is which not is a going very to, small percentage. It's a very percentage. It's not going to matter in terms of like you know whether people are picking this thing up in the millions at Best Buy and Walmart. Like that's not going to impact that. But it is the conversation they have to have over and over. Uh, around launch day with all the insider people and all the people that are, you know, driving the conversation online. Like if you don't think like Kotaku is going to do something on that and Tim Rogers is going to do something on that, like, you know, you're, you're nuts. Like this is going to be what the conversation about this game is to some degree. So um, it's, it's just kind of this ongoing thing where you, you, you feel like CD Pro, you, they really need to get this game out. Just and come like, out wow, already. <laughs> and like wow everybody with it and be like, oh, this everything. is amazing. Yeah, just and like the game make, out. And like just let the narrative finally be like, hey, this game is awesome. Like yeah. as opposed to, hey, they are get slave drivers stuff. or they yeah. are kind of strangely bigoted about things or there's there Poland's backsliding into a weird authoritarian thing and it seems like they might be getting caught up in that. Like, you know, it's it's uh, you even wonder if they're going to get in trouble in their home country with some of these like more extremist groups for putting out a cyberpunk game that is presumably going to be somewhat about outsiders and outcasts fighting against the established system, which yeah. is what cyberpunk literally is. That's at the, the definition core of genre. <laughs> um, so you wonder if you know, wonder if some of the oh, it's not political stuff is actually to try to not get in trouble with that side of things in Poland itself, because that is on the rise over there. Um, I just hope there's that a lot play, going on around this game. They'll just play the game. Like, <laughs> well, no they'll one, just be like, the game is good or the game is bad based upon the game that I played. But not no one does that because stuff. that's not, how, no one does that because that's not how art works. So, I mean, they, I do that. And they are, well, that's that's a very reductive way to, and surface level way to in, absorb. Well, I think it gives you the most it. accurate review of a product. <laughs> people want to uh, know whether the game's good or not. They, some people may not even know them. In fact, the vast majority of people have, I didn't even know the stuff you just talked about, Matt. I did not even know about, and I run sifted. So, yeah, I, I think, I think we're maybe talking about a very, very thin sliver of the potential market for the game. Oh, Most people true. are just going to buy the game, play it, but, and that's but you should that review the game for the people who are like who are going to buy it and play it, not for some sliver of people who are going to oh, like micro analyze the cultural significance of a cutscene. Like, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, we can keep it 
dumb if you want. That's cool. Keep what dumb? The analysis of an art form that tries to do more well, than that. I mean, it's not it's about dumb or not dumb. It's about useful or not useful. Is that useful to most people, Matt? What CD Projekt Red does when they're away from the office? I think, be, I think being informed. The game? I think being informed about the uh, behaviors and treatment of other people uh, by the company that makes the things you consume and pay money for and support with your money is important. Yes. I in a review I completely disagree with that. I don't well, think it's reviewing it, a product. It's like, like if it was The Witcher 4, I might agree with you because that subject matter wouldn't be part of the product, but it is inherently part of the product. Like that those issues are literally being brought up in the world and portrayed in the world of cyberpunk. Well, so I'll it put is it to you this way. I don't want anyone reviewing products for me that does that. Keep it out. I just want to know if it's good or bad in anything. I don't want someone reviewing a Toyota SUV and telling me that Toyota like got the leather from an alligator or something. Like, I don't know. It. I just want to know whether the product I, is good I or would bad. Like I to think know. most people feel that way. Well, that's uh, doesn't make most people right. Okay. Uh, I I would we'll I would like I would, as well. <laughs> I would like to know whether the leather in my car came from a endangered animal. That or, was a bad example. I'll, I'll cut to that. Not that alligators are endangered. Right. Um, also, That's that why I be, use alligator. That would be, that would be very <laughs> uncomfortable. Those scales are not nice on on, yeah. on your butt, I don't think. Yeah. So anyway, just a different perspective. I personally don't care about any of that crap. I just want to know if the game's good or not. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how people do tackle reviews for this. And it'll be interesting, interesting to see if we're reading those reviews around December mm -hmm. 10th or not. Because I mean, I should also know that I don't think those would necessarily be fully part of the reviews, but I guarantee you that will be part of the conversation around the game. Oh, I can guarantee. I can tell you the outlets that are going to do that. It's oh, going yeah. to be Eurogamer, and Eurogamer, it's going to be Polygon, Kotaku, Polygon. And, maybe, and maybe Kotaku. A Kotaku. I mean, actually, I don't know who's left a Kotaku that would write about that, I guess. Like, yeah, it's kind of a shell at this point. But I mean, but, it's pretty telling that I can tell you right away what the outlets are that would be have the proclivity to write reviews. Of oh, yeah, because that's their wheelhouse. Like they, yeah. they, they deal more with kind of the social and and uh, and artistic issues uh, more than kind of the nitty gritty of like, does the does the analog stick work? Yeah. Um, but you know what? Like the people don't do that. The people, even the outlets that do that, like proclaim to do that, don't do that. Because if they did, someone would have mentioned that fucking pitch roll problem in <laughs> squadrons. And they don't or even they do that right. Or so, they just didn't notice it, you know. They didn't notice it because they didn't they didn't play test it, it properly and play, play it enough. that. You know? yeah. And clearly neither did EA, but like you know, so not not entirely on <laughs> them, right? <laughs> but they still haven't fixed that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven delayed to December tenth. Hopefully, that's the last one. But I'm not promising anything at this point. Right now, all bets are off. I mean, let's just be honest. We really have no idea when this game is going to release now. No, like I'm, I'm, I, I stand by my percentage prediction, but I, I'm kind I of think done. That's right. I, yeah, but I'm still kind of also done. Like I wouldn't bet any money on it. Like I, I don't, I don't have any. I don't know what the hell this company is going to do next at this point. I would I also say this: if it doesn't come out on December 10th, it could be delayed into like the middle oh, yeah. of next year. Like they're. I mean, I mean, I don't think they'd want to move it out of the financial quarter, but like, at, if if you're going to miss Christmas, you might as well give yourself a few months. Right, like to make to try and make it whatever you think you need to make it, uh, and it's kind of a shame that we might have that happen because of the current gen versions. And I know, like, that's a shitty thing to say because way more people are going to play this on current gen systems than next yeah, gen systems. Way just, more, you know, just by nature of install base and how long it takes to adopt a new console. But I'm sure people like you know 
us and people who watch this show, I would imagine, are mostly like next gen or high end PC people. And we're just like, give it to us now. Like, it's like, because yeah. we can, we're going to be able to play the good version. Right? Yeah, I know. That's why I, I really wonder if it, if it push comes to shove, if they may, if they can figure out a way to do it, they may put out. I don't know. Like, I mean, it feels You're like right. at least it's for Xbox, the only thing you could really do would be like, okay, here it is. If you want to play it on current gen systems, maybe hold off a bit. But that defeats the purpose of wanting like holiday sales. Yeah. So, yeah. They're really stuck in a bad place there, yeah. and and you wonder like this thing. I mean, this thing got announced in 2012. Like, you wonder what the target was. Like, if if there are no, if the next gen systems were a year away, like I think some of us feel maybe they could have been. Um, it feels a little, it still feels a little like jumping the gun. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, um, I mean, it really does. But again, like that good yeah. Christmas sales, you got to get them right. But like I'm talking about like next Christmas, you know, like yeah, you yeah. could have launched these systems yeah, next fall, a year but later. They wanted to put them out now, yeah, right. But like you could have done it like next fall, and you still would have gotten yeah. And I feel like you're you're still coming out of stuff like Ghost of Tsushima and and Last Last yeah. of Us too. That really make it really you don't look at dried up next year though. Yeah, but you don't look bad. at like the current the current stuff that came out for consoles and look at them and be like, wow, we really need new hardware. These games look terrible. It's like that's just not happening. The problem um, is they they so, have to set the date so far out, and then yeah. they tell their partner the developers and the publishers this is the date and then they start building toward that date which means that they stop building for last gen so mm-hmm. once you tell them that like two years ago like this is our target date there's really no going back at that yeah. point I mean, I otherwise really, you're gonna have a year of nothing you just really wonder what the plan was there because like originally this thing was supposed to be out, what, out in like april right yeah way before the new system so yeah. we would have been stuck with like bad current gen version of cyberpunk imagine for like six months. Imagine how bad it was back then, Matt. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. Like, what, like that could have been, you know, I know <laughs> Witcher, Witcher 3 didn't so launch, bad. Witcher 3 didn't launch on consoles in pristine shape or anything. We know yeah. that. Especially on PS4. I don't expect PS4. this one to either, to be honest with you. Probably but. not. Like, it's just, it's, <laughs> Yeah, I got the more and more. I don't remember who asked the question like a couple weeks ago about like, I'm more, you know, worried about whether I, if I'm going to play on current gen, I'm worried about, you know, what I should do or which platform I should pick. or whatever. I'm just like, that remains like a really good question. Like we just yeah. don't know. Yep. And I guess we're not going to know till digital foundry gets their hands on this thing. Probably not. So as of right now, it's December 10th. We'll see what happens. Uh, but if anything breaks, we'll be sure to bring it up here on game face. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Facebook. Also not a really happy story. We're really kicking off the show with a couple downers here. I didn't notice that when I uh, stacked the show. Uh, we're going to talk about Facebook and Oculus. Now, I don't know if you guys remember or not, But way, way back when Facebook purchased Oculus Rift, the first thing I said was, oh, well, they're buying this because they want to integrate it with Facebook and they're going to create these virtual living spaces where you can pay to decorate it with furniture and cool stuff and blah, blah, blah. Well, that ended up pretty much happening uh, with Facebook Horizon, which is in your, you should be seeing B-roll of it here now or very soon, which is this virtual world that's connected to Facebook and you use your Oculus Rift to go in and you can watch movies and TV shows with people and, or just hang out and chat or whatever. So essentially what I thought was going to happen came to fruition and everything seemed okay at first. Um, A lot of things that people were very nervous about, which is Facebook, being Facebook in gaming, um, whereas it's only kind of been cordoned off to social media until now. Everyone's fear was whatever Facebook does with its social media platform, it's going to bring into gaming and it's going to be bad. And at first it didn't happen. I mean, Facebook has owned Oculus for quite a while. And if anything, it's done a really good job of giving 
them money to keep creating HMDs. They're on like the second Oculus Quest now. They released the Rift S. Uh, Facebook has not pulled back the funding for Oculus since it purchased it. So everything up until now has been good until this week. So Oculus Quest 2 just launched. And I will say this, Matt. It's a big deal. Uh, I am seeing my friends from central Pennsylvania who have never really talked about anything gaming over the last like five years are buying Oculus Quest 2 and are posting pictures on social media of them using it and videos of them using it. It does seem to be that this is the HMD that finally has managed to at least crack into the mainstream a little bit. And so Oculus, after all these years of really just struggling, finally has some momentum. And what happens? News comes out this week that if you do not want to have a Facebook account, you cannot have an Oculus library. And look, I don't really care about Facebook. I don't post that much on there. I keep up with like my old friends and my family on there. I rarely post anything. And a lot of people hate Facebook. They don't want to be a part of it because they don't like how they handle privacy. Look, there's a lot of reasons to not like Facebook. I'm not going to run through them all. I could totally understand why somebody would not want to support Facebook or would not want to have a Facebook account. But with this new policy that Facebook has, has decided to initiate, you must have a Facebook account now to have an active Oculus library. If you delete your account, all your games are gone. Matt, how do you feel about this whole controversy? Um, I mean, if someone didn't expect this to be the deal, I don't know what company you're paying attention to because that look. was clearly how Facebook, everything you just described about Facebook's plans for this thing, how else did you think they were going to do it? But I like think that was clearly to get you into the ecosystem. Yeah, but I think the problem is, is like my buddy, one of my buddies from Central PA just bought it. A, mm -hmm. a guy I've known for 30 years, not a gamer ever. And he just got it. Like, he doesn't even know that Facebook owns Oculus. Like, he has no clue about any of that stuff. He's like, this is the hot new VR thing. I tried it at the store. I really liked it. The price is reasonable. I'm buying it. And he bought it, and he loves it. But he has no clue that Facebook... That is interesting that Facebook does not tie itself more strongly to the Oculus in terms of brand awareness. It's starting to now. I imagine, they're I imagine that's coming, yeah. Well, like the new trailers for like their virtual spaces and everything, it does have Facebook branding in it. Mm -hmm. So once they started like creating that thing that I talked about years ago, then they started bringing in like the Facebook logo, like underneath, like small. Uh, but it's becoming more prominent by the day. But you're right. The messaging has been terrible. And most people have no clue that Facebook owns a VR company. So it's hard to expect most consumers to go into it knowing like, I'm going to have to hook up a Facebook account. Maybe they need to put something on the box that says, no Facebook, no dice. Um, do you think that that I mean, it should be there at least as much as like, say, a games, whatever has like Internet connection required Yeah, for sure. Um, do you think that would keep people from buying it, Matt? Do you think people hate Facebook enough? Some people that they would be like, oh, well, then I'm not going to buy it. Do you think it could hurt? Uh, I mean, I mean, some people, well, I mean, I won't buy an Oculus because of that. Like, I, I mean, I don't have a I don't I still have a Facebook. I mostly use it to keep up with a certain certain friend groups and argue with people, but like it's, you know, I haven't deleted my account or anything, but I don't particularly like the idea of a, of a separate account tied to an unrelated device like that and a library kind of thing. Like 
like if I could have my Steam library deleted by because I said the wrong thing on Twitter, like that's a little disturbing to that's me. That's actually you know? a good point that you bring up. What happens if you use your Twitter account and your account or your Facebook account and you do something and your account gets deleted? Or uh, from what I understand, it all goes like it all goes you away. You lose all your caves. Yeah. That's I mean, they might crazy. they might change that, but they, when this thing started, that's was one of the things that started the controversy. Was like somebody got banned on Facebook and their games went away. Yeah, now, see, um, that's the difference. Yeah. So a lot of people are saying like, well, what's the difference between that and Steam, or what's the difference between that and PlayStation, or that and Xbox Live? That's the difference. Is that it's the company is a social media company where you could go on there and do something that gets your account banned or wiped. Even if your account is banned, what happens then? Do you still have access to your games temporarily? I don't like, think you did it, but they might have changed that. But I think I saw people complaining, like I got banned on Facebook and I can't play my Oculus games anymore. That's crazy. Um, like it locked you out of the Oculus, basically. Um, they may have changed that since then. That was like when when it, when the Oculus Two launched. I think when the when the when the account integration thing launched. I think that was how it worked. But it's like you know, even you can get banned for saying stupid stuff on uh, like PSN or Xbox Live, but they don't take your game library away when that happens. Like that. I mean, you can get banned on Facebook for the dumbest crap. Like somebody oh, sure. like posted a like um, like a fake propaganda poster related to the election didn't have anything fake in it or any lies or any misinformation just like a stylized like those old posters that they had gotten from someone else's feed and they got banned and they went back and looked at the person they got it from and they were fine like it's the facebook's bans are so random a lot of times they come with no explanation. You're basically just rolling the dice if you build a big library. Oh, yeah. I have a number of people who, a number of friends who like got got temporary bans on Facebook because they were calling out literal Nazi behavior, literal fascist propaganda. And the propaganda wasn't banned, but they were banned because they used words related to fascist propaganda to call it out. Yeah, because they're just so that got them banned. Algorithms. But it didn't. The algorithms are incredibly dumb. I don't think there's a lot of actual humans pulling the levers. Uh, Even on though that. Facebook says it is all humans. Yeah, well, if if you believe anything Facebook says, <laughs> you're. I got a bridge you to sell you. Probably have a Facebook account. <laughs> I, got, I got a Zucker bridge to sell you. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. Zucker Zuckerbot doesn't know how to eat toast. He certainly is going to put actual people on. <laughs> On running the the, <laughs> the 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 levers of power there, yeah. um, it's it's a. I mean, I would expect any company of Facebook's nature uh, to sort of want to tie its accounts in. Uh, because the other thing is, Facebook is because also like, launching a streaming service, a game right. streaming service called Facebook Gaming. Because uh, what they really want, they really want you to. To do this, like they want this to enhance their main business model, which is the social media thing. Like, yeah. Oculus is not there to be a game console nearly so. I mean, it's part of it because that's what you expect from it, is what gets it popular and what can, you know, you, if you hit on that VR killer app finally, that could be the thing that puts you ahead permanently. But the, uh, but what they want is like for you to associate Oculus uh, with keeping in touch with the people who matter to you. Like that's we have an important uh, thing to mention. Wampler 13 says that it is printed on the box in tiny print, that mm. you have to have a Facebook account. So be nice if it was bigger, <laughs> printed a little bigger, yeah. but at least it is there. So we should make sure that we mention that. I mean, it's uh, and it's a reason. I mean, I think it's a reasonable expectation that like if you're going to if they want to really integrate this thing into the social media idea. Yeah, it makes sense to unify your Oculus account with your Facebook account. Um, and 
you know, previously they were separate. You know, the Oculus walled garden was separate from the Facebook account. But as you want to try to make this more and more of sort of the baseline, how the Oculus functions, it makes sense to kind of mush those together and, and bring everybody in the ecosystem as soon as they put that headset on. The thing is, if you want to do that, you're going to have to take a more organic and human touch hand in how you manage those accounts, because that is a paradigm shift that I don't know if either Facebook's customers or Facebook itself are ready for. You know what I, I mean? Like I, I, I do get it. My guess is if Facebook has decided that the money in VR isn't from games. That's no. I think I that's think. definitely that's what they've decided. I think there's been. A I don't shift think. Well, I don't think they ever believed that. Games aren't working, and I don't think I, there was. Right. I don't think I mean, there was. I said that from the beginning. What right. they I don't think they ever believed that. I think they always saw this as a social media enhancement. And they needed device. time to transition yeah. so people wouldn't get so angry if they just right. yanked the carpet out from underneath. And them. yeah, because meanwhile, the most obvious thing you can do with it is compete with the other VR devices, and those other VR devices are very explicitly meant mainly as game systems. Yeah. So it made so, sense to do that. Also, I think Palmer Lucky, that was his focus was as a gaming device as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so in that in that kind of interregnum transitional period between being its own company and being purchased, and that's, you know, you and I certainly know firsthand that kind of transition with corporations can take a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, so it doesn't awkward. really, yeah. <laughs> and so it doesn't really surprise me that it took yeah. as many years as it, years. It's taken years for them to get to this point. Yep. Um, it's but just the master is, plan coming to fruition, really. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they're just not very good at it. Like, yeah. you know, execution matters, and they're just not, they, you know, they, they weren't ready for contact with the enemy, effectively. Yeah. I mean, and, Facebook and the, had to know they're going to bleed users doing this. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. They, uh, they made the calculation that, yeah, we're going to lose some gamers over this yeah. because we're also tech-savvy and we know what's going on. We're culturally aware. So they knew they are going to lose some people, but I think they just looked at the upside of, integrating Rift into Facebook, and they're like, man, the money that's sitting there waiting to be made, who cares? Yeah. And I mean, the fact that your non-gaming friends are suddenly taking an interest in it, it would indicate to me that, anecdotally at least, that they're right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, proof is in the um, pudding. And I think, you know, I've said for a long time, stuff like the Quest is is the, the silver bullet for mass adoption. If you, you have to make this thing so easy to pick up and play. It has to be like, I just pick it up, put it on, hold the things we're in. Like it, yep. you can't, I mean, you know, that is fact, how it works. And that's how it works. So like, I mean, I think it's a little weirdly underpowered. Uh, the price yeah. is right, more or less. Uh, I don't like that they were more powerful than PlayStation VR though. Um, oh, well, which, which sells for about the same price and you need a, a PS4 for PlayStation right. VR. Although again, they removed tracking sensitivity from the Oculus, from the Quest 2 controllers. You can yeah. still use the old ones if you had the Quest 1, but you've sort of... I think you've lost a third to a half of the IR sensors to save on costs. Yep. So you're, you have a right. less certain apparent, I mean, I haven't used them, uh, uh, but like but my friends who did early adopt this thing basically say you can feel it in something like Beat Saber where accuracy is Not quite, very yeah. important. Where you got to slice that stuff in half. You yeah. gotta, it's got to be accurate. Also, I really find the no legs thing kind of weird. From all the like, Facebook stuff. Yeah. yeah. They I mean, just I don't want to have to deal with walking animation. Oh, I mean, it saves you on inverse kinematic problems like from top I to mean, bottom. Look, I mean, Triple A games still where they can't get a walking oh, yeah. animation right. So, <laughs> but it crazy. just looks like some kind of weird existential yeah. hell version of PlayStation Home right now. It to does. Me. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, it's yeah, PlayStation Home for VR. Yeah, I w I'm curious if we'll see like another PlayStation Home attempt on the PS5. Maybe like for place. Maybe for PlayStation, for PlayStation VR, 2. VR two. Yeah, yeah. that could be. Yeah, the, really. I mean, they could just follow in Facebook's footsteps. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, there, like I said, there is a paradigm shift happening and they're having trouble with it right now, but that doesn't mean the shift isn't going to happen and it's not going to be successful. Because yeah. I do think when it comes down to it, if you can get this thing working fluidly and transparently enough um, as a service, uh, I think there's a lot of interest there. And man, yeah. if, they'd, if they'd had this sort of thing up and running and functional last year and had it ready for the pandemic this year, oh, yeah. that would have been... Instead of Zoom getting all yeah. the love, yeah, it would have been Facebook. Yeah, yep. you're right. There's there's a, there's some people in the Facebook halls that are just like, why? <laughs> <laughs> because they had to transition. To it had keep to happen. Making, yeah, keep from making the gamers angry, Matt. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> like some some corporations, like Disney. How lucky is Disney? They got Disney Plus out. Yeah. They did, versus like the nick of time. This was this was this would have been their moment. This, especially yeah. if you could have gotten like fa- Facebook forever has talked about internally about. Um, virtual movie theater stuff about yeah, getting I mean, I'm friends sure together. I'm sure it's all in there. Yeah. But like about getting deals with movie studios so you can like sit down with all your friends in a virtual theater and watch a movie. And you know, if you, if you can get that up and running within six months, it's probably still going to be useful in America. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, For a lot of places it can still be. Yeah. So anyway, that's the latest update. It was a big uproar this week. Although I think over time, people, as Facebook responded and explained its rationale, I think people came back down to earth on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big announcement really was that Facebook also now has a game streaming service. They It's just called Facebook Gaming. It's launching early next year. It's free, which is a pretty big deal. Um, but we'll have more details on that as they come. They've really just announced it as of right now. But the streaming services are piling up, Matt. We've got Stadia, we got GeForce Now, we got Luna, we got Facebook Gaming. Uh, it just, mm. it's, it, everything Pactor has said about this is all coming true. It really oh. is boggling. Because he also said that eventually there would be so many that like mm-hmm. Stadia wouldn't even matter because it would just be one of like dozens of streaming and it's all right. happening. Well, here, here's the news. Oh, I mean, I've, and I noticed like, you know, there was some talk about Pactor saying certain things about this. You know, Pactor's really trying to make that non-console future happen for him uh, with the like, talking about like a switch fire stick thing you plug into the TV. Okay, pull the other one, dude. Um, my thing on this is like, just because you predicted it would happen and it happened doesn't mean it's going to be successful. No, oh, um, yeah. that's, so that's like, absolutely. Stadia is, he's right. Like, so it's like, yeah, there's so many Stadia doesn't matter. <laughs> the problem is none of it matters yeah. and none of it's ever going to matter. Because nobody wants this. Facebook my, Facebook gaming might be the silver bullet there because you don't have to fucking pay for it. Now, Matt, I'll like, say this. Here's a here's an anecdote. So Vincent obviously works with us on a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. And he, I, he has a PS4. He has a Switch. He doesn't have an Xbox One. He just got a new PC, which is awesome. Uh, but he didn't have a really powerful PC. But he, w- he played Immortals Phoenix Rising on Stadia. And we're going to have some coverage of that game coming up. Uh, because he just jumped on stadium was able to give it a go. So even someone in our circle, there are purposes and places for this technology. And I think later on, well, we'll the only reason that's relevant that, though, is because that's the only thing they put the demo on yeah, put yeah. the demo on any of any of the other consoles. And we play it fine just that way. Like that's, that's yeah. the thing is like, I mean, that's obviously what has to happen for to get interest going in a news, you know, and I thought about it cause I'm interested in immortals and yeah. I was like, Oh, maybe I could just do like a stadia thing and try it that way. I was like, eh, no. Like well, Vincent did it for me, so I didn't have to. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, um, there's I, it's, some opportunities for it to have interest among the core. But you're right; generally, it's not. Yeah. yeah, I mean, unless you do something like Cyberpunk exclusive to Stadia, that like, would be you're never gonna you're never gonna break through, and you'd get just as many screaming people about that. <laughs> I as, can't even imagine what would happen if that if that had gone down that way. So anyway, there you go. That's the latest update on what Facebook is doing with Oculus Rift and Oculus Quest Two. Um, but again, Oculus Quest Two. 
it's got some momentum. People are, it may end up becoming yeah. one of the biggest things for the holiday season. I mean, hardware form factor wise, like it's exactly where VR needs to go. Yeah. Um, I have no interest in it because fuck Facebook, frankly. <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm not giving them any more shit. I, don't, I, don't any <laughs> I was trying to come up with a more diplomatic way to say that. It just yeah. is, there isn't one. Like, I, don't, there I, don't, isn't. I don't want that. So, so, like it, yeah. so I'm hoping that like at some point, uh, you know, I hope I'm kind of waiting to see what PlayStation VR two looks like. Um, Sony sort of got their head in the right space when it comes to sort of the power level and the and the ideas behind the PS5 to me. So I'm hoping the PSVR2 is is a more robust solution, whereas the PSVR the sort of coming felt like, out have been very encouraging. Yeah. I'll put it to you that way. So, so the, at some point I will buy. Yeah. At some point I will j- pick, take the plunge either on PSVR2 or maybe like a more wireless in, you know permutation of uh, Vive or the Index, uh, yeah. whatever those happen to be. Um, I'm interested. I'm interested in what kind of, uh, kind of the idea of what the Oculus is doing. I just don't want to get involved in that Facebook ecosystem any more than I have to. It has to be better. Like just a little yeah. bit better than PlayStation VR isn't good enough for me because PlayStation VR makes me nauseous. So I know right. that probably Quest 2 would as well. When they can get like the quality of like the Rift S into the Quest, then I'll buy the Quest. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look, you're, you're, you know, PSVR two is going to be. When when did that happen? Like 2017? When did that come uh, out? I thought it was like 2016. 16? Like one, so. one way or the other, you look. You know, PSVR two is going to be half a decade later. It's yeah. going to be. That's going to be. That's an eternity for this technology. So we'll see what we get. Like I'm hoping it'll be uh, uh, some some high some pretty high end tech, and I'm hoping for some wireless capability out of it too. So we'll see what Sony delivers. Okay, uh, that's a perfect segue into our next topic, which is all about frickin' Sony. Uh, we, I thought last week, I was like, okay, we're, we're rounding up all these little things, and this will probably be the last week of the... Oh, no. <laughs> the little things just keep coming for both PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. Uh, we're going to talk PS5 first. We do have an Xbox Series X topic here in a little bit, so stick around if you're an Xbox fan. Uh, first, though, we're going to talk about PS4 before we even talk about PlayStation 5. So, Matt, this week... The PlayStation 4 got a patch that literally chopped load times on the PlayStation 4 in, like, half. Hmm. How? First of all, how? Second of all, why now? Why didn't we get this patch, like, three years ago? I feel like the answer to all of these things is Mark Cerny. Like... (laughs) <laughs> the, the man must have figured, he's like, you, you man found like a variable in an equation somewhere when he was just messing with stuff. And he's like, oh, if you do that, you can fit like. Do you think they had a breakthrough working on the PS5 stuff that helped have. them? Maybe. Like, I mean, or, le- or maybe this is awesome. Or maybe like, working on like, you know, maybe working on transitioning the PS4 stuff to PS5. And somebody figured out like, oh, wait, this you, if you do this, that could help this a lot, even on the old hardware. And there we go. Like, you know. I, I'm guessing that's what happened. I really have no clue. I really have no I mean, idea cool. how they did this. Great. Like just in time for me to never turn it on again. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, that's cool. That's, that's really nice. Um, FF8 Master C is asking if I have any contacts left at Sony from his GT days. Oh, yeah, tons. I have lots. We're just small, so they don't send us stuff. If you're wondering why we aren't showing off the PS5 today or whatever. Yeah, you um, you would be shocked. I mean, I have to say, you know, I know a lot of people in the industry as well, and I am a little shocked at who did and did not get PS5s. Yeah, I mean, it's all influencers. The, they all the, got the, them. The, the choices on certain on, on some of that are interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it makes sense from their perspective as far as Some of it, getting um, in front of as many eyeballs. Oh, but yeah, but but I, I have a few. I'm not going to name any names, but there are a few very anom- anomalous receivers to me. Yeah, And I don't mean like, oh, I don't know who this is because I don't pay attention to Instagram or whatever. I mean like 
what 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 like why any kind of influencer so if you're like a a makeup influencer like you're one of those Mm -hmm. youtubers that shows girls how to put on makeup like they send them to people like that oh i know but i'm talking about like follower count i'm talking about that doesn't Uh, make any sense like you uh, don't have enough followers to warrant this oh you mean some really small yeah like with this other person i know who definitely would reach more people wanted one but didn't get one yeah i mean i saw some freelance writers who just write for a couple publications and aren't even like big time freelance yeah, writers. Some of that, a little yeah. weird. But whatever, it is what it is. I'm not sweating it. I will say this: it is. I got my order in. It's fine. Although I am curious because one of my orders, you know, was obviously the, the was I have two. I have one I'm expecting for Amazon. I've got a bundle from GameStop that I'm waiting. You know, that's going to go to a friend for Christmas. But Destruction All Stars was in that bundle. No oh, right. And I got. What are they going to do? I don't. You just well, segue into the next bullet point, yeah. which well, is Destruction All Stars was delayed to February. Delayed to February, and they're going to give it away on PS Plus. Yeah. So what happens so, to that bundle now? Well, that's a good question because I got an email that said your your bundle is indefinitely delayed. Um, are they going to not give you the console well, now? Well, I don't know because I so I called them. I immediately called them, and I'm like, hey, uh, is this thing with destruction all-star is going to delay the bundle because if you're going to delay that bundle to february to sell me a game that is no longer being sold and, and that i don't even instead, want really that i also didn't want in the first place <laughs> i'm just going to have to cancel that bundle and find it somewhere else if i can but it's either you know either way i wouldn't get it for christmas so why don't Imagine i just if not that's give the only you money you got though matt right and exactly like, that's so, it. so they had a they had a script ready to read me without even taking my order number and we're just like, and basically what they said is we are going to offer you a choice of games to replace that game, mm. but we have not worked out the system that allows us to let you do that yet. Okay. Um, That's and a good so, thing. And I'm like, then why did I get the thing that said that this that my my system was indefinitely delayed? And they said, because that's the only thing we have in our system that lets us put that gotcha. hold on the thing. So basically it was they the only thing GameStop has in their system, I guess, for this situation is to say, oh, we're, we're, you know, we'll give you a release date later on your bundle it, while they stall for time to figure out a way to say, okay, well, I, I, obviously I can't have Destruction All-Stars anymore, so I'll let me swap. Because the, the bundle is Destruction All-Stars and Miles Morales. And I'm like, you know, how, how about you let me swap Demon Souls in <laughs> yeah. for that motherfucker? I guess, I'm guessing or, it won't Or literally... And anything <laughs> else. I'll yeah, take Godfall like over that. Stu- anything. Whatever, yeah. Anything. I can, I can, you know, even if it's something I already bought separately for myself, I'll just throw it in for the Christmas gift and it's fine. You know, I just, I just, we need, I just need a damn system. So Matt, um, I think so I know we'll the answer to this based upon everything that you've just said, but a lot of people are pointing to the fact that Destruction All-Stars was one of two true PlayStation 5 mm-hmm. launch exclusives and now it's not there at launch and it's going to be given away for free. Does that matter? It never mattered. Yeah, it didn't matter in the yeah, first place. I, I mean, <laughs> that was the one that everybody kept forgetting about. Like, there's yeah. a reason people had to keep reminding everyone's like, well, the only real exclusive for any of the systems is Demon Souls. And be like, well, what about Destruction All-Stars? And they're like, what about what? You know, it's like, no one remembered it. It was the least yeah. interesting thing in their entire launch lineup. Like, it just, it, it 
And you know, I think matter. I think one of one of us I think even said when they did that initial presentation thing, like, how in the world are you charging money for like that? Feels yeah, like yeah, we were like we away. it was going to be like a free to play thing, and now yeah. they are going to give it away. Now it is. Exactly. Oh, you were right. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, <laughs> but anyway, going back to what people are saying about like Sony and everything, like we're we're actually good. Like um, we get code from pretty much every publisher. Nintendo, we're good with Nintendo. Like they sent us a Switch, um, but. PlayStation, for whatever reason, the way they've decided to allocate stuff for the next gen launch, we just weren't a part of it. So mm-hmm. we're fine with that. We're okay with it. We're we buy all our games and our systems ourselves. We're we're t- totally fine with doing that. It certainly helps with editorial integrity as well. So whatever, it's not a big deal. Um, I do feel bad for you guys because obviously you guys would like to see us showing off the PlayStation Five right now. So I get it from your angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, from mine, I, I was a little bummed. It. Like I still kind of thought that maybe one might show up because I mean. Honestly, I did a lot of stuff for PlayStation for a lot of freaking years. And like they hadn't reached out to me and said, hey, you're getting one. But I kind of thought that maybe one might just show up on my doorstep, but it didn't. So and I was a little bummed about that when I started seeing the coverage going up. But it is what it is. No use crying over spilled milk. Um, so Destruction All-Stars delayed to February. I think both of us agree, not a big deal. It's free now, which is cool. Um, so if you're going to delay it, that's a cool way to kind of blunt the trauma. Uh, and then next, another game is also going to be free on PlayStation Plus, but it is going to actually be sold as well. And that is the strange game Bug Snacks. So the game is coming out on a bunch of platforms, um, and you have to pay for them on every platform except for PS5. Uh, if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you'll be able to get the PlayStation 5 version of Bug Snacks for free. Um, if you guys are wondering what the heck this game is, it's basically a mutated form of Pokemon Snap. If you remember that old N64 mm-hmm. game, um, you're basically on an island venturing around. Uh, there's not a lot of action in the game. It's more of like an adventure photography type game. Uh, but that's going to be free for people who bought PlayStation 5 or buy PlayStation 5. You have that to is the right it. price. That is. <laughs> I don't know. I have a feeling this game might end up being kind of like the surprise indie hit of the console launch why are there's already like a weird sort of ironic fan movement for it like kind of like there was with knack you know Mm -hmm. like there's that thing where like knack is the game of the generation or whatever that's happening around this game um like i even know some people that is like like bug snacks killer app that's that's what's gonna make the (laughs) law and i'm like i don't know if you're serious anymore like i can't tell um something about this game like when i look at it it makes me angry like, I don't know why. Like, I don't like so, the I, art style. I, I, like, have a visceral, <laughs> physical reaction to this game, and I just hate it. It's, like, everything I hate about, like, old, rare art design, like, got a coat of next-gen paint, and I'm just like, oh, I just want to just burn it all. Like, like, Yeah, it's not appealing to me either. Um, but I think the game itself might be cool. Um, Maybe. The concept's behind it, but I mean, it's now hard I'll to actually, get past the aesthetic. I mean, now I'll actually play it, because I don't yeah, pay for free. it. So yeah. that was a good move. Um but I, I hate I hate watching this footage. I hate what I'm looking at. Like I just it's I don't know not why. One of those games that people are gonna look at or watch a little bit of footage of and buy. The only way it's gonna work is if is word of mouth. If people tell other people, oh, I know it looks like this, but it, believe me, it's yeah. blah blah blah. Then maybe it gets a little groundswell. But yeah, just yeah. And it, I mean, it might be like I you know I've I've ended up liking games whose like aesthetics I've hated the first time I saw them yeah. as well. Um, that you know, it certainly does. You know, the I, it, art style doesn't mean something's going to be good or bad. Um, although sometimes when you play something like I don't know, drawn to death, you're you know, <laughs> you knew ahead of time 
that uh, that was like probably not going to be for me. Yeah. Um, but the, like, I just want to hit that thing with a shovel. Like that's I. I that, <laughs> stop talking to me with those fucking teeth. Like, oh, I hate everything. I don't know. I don't know why this game does that to me. Like, I, and I kind of like the song. Like, I thought the song was kind of fun. Like in, in this trailer, I thought that was nice. But like, the art style I, is just very weird. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. It's just it looks like it's weird. It's a weird looking game, and the game itself is pretty strange too. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't help. And I mean, I I really like Pokemon Snap, so it should be like even right up my. I just you may like playing it ultimately. Maybe might. We'll see. Um, uh, next, we got yeah. new information on God of War, our game of the year from 2018. Uh, no surprise, it's going to play on PlayStation Five, but it appears that they've actually done some extra work to the game. One thing that I feel like I haven't seen Sony doing as much of is Microsoft. Um, but God of War is going to run at 60 frames per second in 4K on PS5. Mm-hmm. Still can't get to 120. Uh, which you're, never, you're not going to see much at 120. Yeah, I mean, really, if you can't get God of War to run at 120, then it's probably not going to work. Now, they do Gears 5 is going to run on Xbox Series X. Gears 5 multiplayer. It's going to yeah. run on Xbox Series X at 120, but so like I said, if it, if good, competitive, <laughs> competitive. Multi- I mean, I God, I don't care. Um, competitive multiplayer uh, 120, like, is probably the only time I think any they'd want to put the effort into optimizing to that degree. Like, it just yeah. you don't need God of War to run at 120. Like, that's that's way over. Oh yeah, it's, there's no point. 60 um, is, is plenty good for yeah. any action adventure game. 60, yeah, single player, it's like 60. Great, awesome. It's like, great. Like, no problem. I mean, most people, most people, 60 frames like rips their face off. Like my wife yeah. watches me play Call of Duty at 60 frames a second, and she's like, "Oh my god!" Like you're moving yeah. so fast. I was, so, I was very interested. Like it was the the backwards. I mean, the backwards compatibility stuff is very interesting. As I like, kind of digital foundry tests more stuff, and you see kind of like how this is doing. I I am wondering. I don't have any actual inside info on any of this, but I am wondering. Because Microsoft seems to be so much better at this right now in terms of kind of the universality of it. Makes yeah. me wonder if like these updates for PS5 exclusives are kind of up to the the development teams. Because it like, like, it's like Corey Barlog would definitely want God of War to get the treatment here. So it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if he'd prioritize that for his studio to do that. Well, it looks like um, they did do work. I mean, they didn't they just definitely say, did. They definitely yeah. did. Um, but you're gonna have the options like run it like uh, a higher higher resolution mode or like a higher frame rate frame mode, mode yeah. um, a lot of stuff like that. Whereas like Microsoft is like everything just works like it's all yeah. it's it, it feels like a company wide dictate versus Sony sort of like I don't know if you want to like <laughs> go ahead yeah Do the same <laughs> I mean, thing compatible right, I don't know why not Dude. they're like hands off they're like it's yeah. up to that the is Sony, how Sony rolls. if they want to. Yeah. Um, and the saves will be compatible. Like your, your PS4 save will carry over on God of War, I read. Yep. Um, so that's good because I don't yeah, want to fight those. I don't want to fight those Valkyries. <laughs> yeah, there's certain parts of that um, game that I really don't want to have to play through again. For yeah, sure. It's funny. My, one of my friend uh, up north like played this for the that first witch time. witch fight. This week. I don't want to fight ever again. Um, he played this for the first time this week. And like periodically I get a text from him. It's like, it's like there's a Valkyrie in the poison world? Fuck yeah. you. Like, he's like, yeah, welcome. Welcome to the God of War world. Yeah, those Valkyries were no um, joke. So that's that's cool. I like and there's like weird things where like uh, the backwards compatibility stuff fascinates me. Like the fact that uh the Arkham collection for Batman, like they didn't remove the frame caps. Yeah. So it it can't like Arkham City still runs at 30. Well, games and Arkham that, Asylum yeah. still runs at 45. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Arkham Asylum runs at 45 frames a second. And it's locked. Yeah. It's locked at 45. Like, what a strange frame rate. <laughs> As I've been researching this over the last week, like one thing I've learned is that games that 
have locked frame rates in a lot of cases present issues, not just for mm -hmm. the consoles, but for the TVs as well. Yeah. Speaking of which, quick side note, buying my TV tomorrow. Mm. Um, also, if any of you guys have Costco memberships, that TV that was $2,300 is now twenty is now $1,800 at Costco. And it's going to be that, I think, until November 22nd, in-store only. You have to go in and buy it. Costco membership is 50 bucks. So you could get a Costco membership for 50 bucks and still save $350 on the TV from anywhere else. So just pro tip, that's what I'm doing tomorrow. I am getting my TV tomorrow. And I am very excited. My HDMI 2.1 cables are showing up today from Amazon. All I have left now is to get a new entertainment center and I am ready to rock. Anyway, go get the TV. It's the cheapest you're going to find. I, I was like, what if it, Black Friday it comes up cheaper? It's If it does, it'll be like $100 less. I'm not going to risk it. I'm taking the deal now. So anyway. Yeah, back. and the fact that they're keeping that deal rolling through Black Friday yes. pretty much seems... Yep. Would lead you to believe that probably no one's going to dip underneath that. So anyway, just a pro tip. If you guys are like me and you've been waiting to pull the trigger, right now is the time at Costco for the LG CX 65-inch for $1,800. Um, next up, uh, one of the features from PlayStation 4 that is making the move to PlayStation 5 but being improved is when you win or when you earn a trophy on PlayStation, it will now record a video, not just snap a screenshot. <laughs> turn that off immediately. Exactly. It's like, I don't want that. Like, it's funny when You're I- You're giving me 600 gigs on the fucking hard drive? You want to start capturing video every time I get a trophy? Go fuck yourself. Come on. <laughs> it's like, I take screenshots all the time to use in like our game evals or to just use on our game pages or whatever. And I totally forget that it just automatically yeah. takes that. I'll go in and like all my screenshots are just achievements. <laughs> yeah, I've turned, I turned that off years ago because I was, I, at a certain point, I'm like, how do I not have room to install another game? And I go look at the storage thing and i've got like 12 gigs of screenshots, screenshots from trophies it's ridiculous yeah, yeah. they're all yeah. 4k screenshots even if the games are not 4k and they add up yeah, yeah. So, so anyway I, now they're yeah, gonna, gonna try to record a video like i don't know if it's gonna record your face so like to get your, your like live reaction like <laughs> get the trophy like does anyone even react to those no it'd just be an endless stream of just like <laughs> of dead face staring yeah, at the like, <laughs> yeah i don't know what the point is of that although i guess it might be fun if like I could see that becoming like a new TikTok trend, like yeah. people overreacting to getting like mundane trophies. Like or, that, would, that would be pretty funny. You know, like, you know, the guy who used to do platinum trophy for Sifted and you're trying to get that plat, then maybe you want that reaction of you finally. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could do that for like the platinum trophy. That would It'd be cool be. if you could set it up. So I only want them recorded for like <laughs> next level or higher. Right. right. Like a platinum trophy record, you know, you'll get a, a reaction shot would be interesting. Um, although I feel like you'd be a mix of just like people like shouting in like celebration relief and just like horribly frazzled people that are just like finally <laughs> and just throwing the disc out of the window. I or guess, like, the third person is just the guy looking at his cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't even know that he got the platinum trophy. <laughs> mm. uh, so anyway, a frivolous thing, but I think that's what we're getting at at this point. That's all that's left to talk about for these consoles. We know pretty much everything. Um, third-party custom plates. So if you guys watched the teardown video on the show last week, it showed you how easy it is to remove those big white plates off of the PlayStation 5. Well, apparently the CAD files are out there now for the plates, and there are several third-party uh, companies that are making plates. Now, one thing I will say that I think people may not realize is those white plates, they're not just white. 
So you can tell that they're textured and you can even see that in some of the trailers. But what you really can't see is that that texture is actually like little X's, triangles, circles, and squares. Like just so small that if you don't hold a magnifying glass up to it, you can't see it. So will these third parties be, be able to replicate that? Probably not. But the ones no. that they've already made look damn good. In fact, I was pretty much hovering over the buy button to buy the black ones until I saw the price which was $45 for a pair. And I was like, nope, deal breaker. I'll stick with the white ones. Yeah, I, I kind of wish you could take them off fully and leave them. It doesn't look like that would be very good for the system. Yeah. Leave that all uncovered. Well, it also, yeah, I mean, I don't even know if the stand would work properly without them because it looks Maybe like the not. stand latches onto the one of the plates. So, and then if you don't have mm -hmm. the stand, it wobbles. It doesn't sit flat. Yeah. Without, it's just so. weird. It's like, it, it could not be more clear that like they designed this thing as like an art object as much yeah. as a, of a tech object. And it's just like, I guess I'm going to have to do it vertical. Um, Cause you know, I do have the space to put it there if I wanted to, if I cleared uh, one of the, you know, the PS4 off, mm -hmm. but like, like the fact that the top of it is curved, like it just, like it makes it useless to put other things on it. Like, cause I've got a couple of like figures yeah, standing on my PS5. Yeah, PS4. So I'm like, you basically just, you've, you've done your absolute best to annihilate as much of my storage and shelf space <laughs> as possible. So I guess I got to do this thing vertically because otherwise I'm using up too much shelf on it like it's just it's ridiculous i might i, I don't know what i'm gonna do with it. i'll probably do vertical for the xbox as well but like i've never done vertical systems but i've never had them vertical Neither. before and um, i don't i don't know yet because i haven't bought my entertainment center so yeah, obviously i mean i have the dimensions of the console so when i go to buy it i'm going to try to make sure that they'll fit but yeah. i have to take them in and out all the time that's a big thing for me and we'll see to, like what happens with because like, the other thing i'm you know obviously you know you know my tv's pretty high up on the wall yeah but I, I'm wondering, this thing is so tall that I'm wondering if it's going to be in my eye line and distracting. <laughs> your TV. From, uh, I'm just Sitting like, on top of the entertainment center. Yeah. It could. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so I'm, so if that becomes an issue, I might have to lay it down just to keep it out of my <laughs> It is line. gigantic. I'm sure it's you guys huge. have all watched all the videos from the past week when it, well, all the influencers got them. Like, yeah. it is just My favorite ginormous. one was, like, I think a guy stacked up all the previous PlayStations and a GameCube on top of it, and it was still <laughs> taller than yeah. all of them. Like it's, it Make has, sure you it's, take it's the, the biggest console people. ever made, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it is. Yep. And, and of, even Xbox somebody, Series X is big, and you put it next to that, it looks like a baby. Yeah. It's or even crazy. The PlayStation Three Fat, like they're they're. It they're makes dwarfed. that look puny too. It's really and like nuts. some somebody I know is it's like, well, maybe I'll wait and like maybe twenty twenty two they'll put out a place a PS Five Slim. Like with the S as a five kind of thing, and I'm like, yeah, they can crush it. You, know, you can squish it down to like Xbox Series One X size. Like, yeah. it's like that's that's going to be your slim form fit uh, of this system is like the largest Xbox One. Like it's it's so it's forty five amazing. bucks. That's too much. What would you pay for plates, Matt? Nothing. Like would, you would I, never pay I'm for? Not gonna, no, I, I don't care. Okay. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I if you want to give me a set of black ones for an event or something, maybe I might replace them with that. But I don't care. I yeah, I've always I'd pay been twenty or twenty five bucks for black plates. I wouldn't. I I would. I mean, maybe also like my wall is bright is not white, but it's like a a light a kind of off white cream color. So it doesn't. The, the system's not going to stand out. 
like against that. It's going to yeah. look fine. Like black, would I prefer black? Yes. If there was a black version, I would have bought the black version. But this version, this doesn't bother me. Like also, like I've said before, like all this stuff about how the consoles look doesn't matter 10 minutes after you get out of the box. Like I, I have never thought about what a console looks like after I've started to play it. I'm GameCube, certainly- I did just because it had a handle. And so you're, <laughs> you were forced to think about what it looked like because you'd have yeah. to grab it to pick it up. <laughs> the only the only thing I about the GameCube, I'm looking at the GameCube right now, the only thing, thing about the GameCube that I still thought about form factor afterward was um, when you put the, the GBA adapter on it. And then I realized like, oh, the GBA adapter actually makes it, makes it, it a cube. cube. Yeah. They they knew those they knew cunning all, bastards because yeah, people were like, "This isn't a cube." When it came out, and yeah. Nintendo's like, "Hold my beer." It's like, yeah, wait, <laughs> just wait, wait, wait for, it, um, wait for it. To the point that, like, so you know, I've you know, obviously I've moved it around and and you know put it, you know, when we moved and you know hook it up here, hook it up there, and it was it, it was like the last time I used it a few months ago to like play Rogue Squadron or something, and I moved it over, and I and I looked down and I kind of looked at it. And I was I started this moment of like. What is all the stuff on the bottom of this for? And I, I, I got yeah, forgotten the, the that player. that's not part of the GameCube. <laughs> that, that that the Game Boy adapter is not like just yeah. part of the system. It's I just, even have the GameCube so natural adapter that snaps in down there. That was only ever yeah, used for like that. PSO, and that was pretty much it. And to yep. hack it, and to hack it, they yeah, used to hack, it to hack the GameCube. <laughs> I, yeah, I have that. It's hooked in right now. With, with yeah. I mean, I mean, it hasn't been online since I gave up playing Fantasy Star Online Three Card <laughs> Generation or whatever the hell that was. Yeah, but uh, that might be yeah. worth some money. That uh, Ethernet adapter for games. Probably. It's not worth as much money as the, the component cable it's hooked right. up with right now. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so anyway, those plates are out there. By the way, if you are listening to Game Face and you're like, they talk about all this stuff and I don't know what's going on. I don't know the story. Everything's on Sifted. Like, we won't talk about something on the show if it's not on Sifted. So if you're interested in getting plates for your PlayStation 5, you can find it on Sifted. Everything we talk about is on there. Uh, Unless it's some weird indie game I came up with. It right. <laughs> yeah, you actually managed to throw us a few curveballs here and there. Uh, but for the, but if we talk about it on the show, generally we have uh, product pages mm-hmm. and there's plenty of information for it on the site. And use a search engine. Uh, Brent did a great job with our search. Um, did, you, did you add Shadow Gangs? Yes. To the, to the database? No. no, I don't think we did, actually. I mean, it, maybe I, I asked Vince, Maybe. I don't know. I don't. I don't think anyone's going to notice. Probably not. I'm the only one who cares. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Well, now more people <laughs> care because of you, Matt. See what you've mm. done. <laughs> that might be putting it strongly. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, next up uh, today, it was announced. No Man's Sky is coming to mm. next gen. Uh, we put it in the PlayStation Five section because, for whatever reason, I always feel like No Man's Sky is a PlayStation game. Like I, mm. I just that IP to me, it's PlayStation. Because they debuted it and showed it at their press conference and whatever. Yeah. So well, and also because like it didn't come to Xbox till later. Yeah, and uh, inside of that PSPC and like look, I have probably played between all versions of this game. I've probably played about 500, 600 hours. Three hundred hours of that is my PlayStation save. Like PlayStation is my primary platform for this yeah. game for whatever. Like, just I think like for most say. people it was. It's what I started on. It's what I ended. And and the other thing, the other reason is because. It ran so well on PlayStation Pro that I, I played that because I, I, I played PC primarily for a long time. And then when I got the Pro, I'm like, oh, No Man's Sky runs really well on this. And meanwhile, every time they put a new patch out for PC, it would break the shaders again and the frame rate would tank whenever there was water on screen. So I just <laughs> sort of ended up playing the PlayStation 4 Pro version way more because it was 
more stable. Um, more stable, and I always knew what I was going to get, and I didn't play the Xbox version as much because I didn't have a legacy save with a 48-slot ship on it. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, That's a lot of work. I mean, now you could do that because all those upgrades are there. Like, I, I have upgraded two other ships I've found in, like, two 48-full-slot everythings, uh, S-Class, the whole deal, because they've made that a good... Uh, that, that's a, actually a really fun treadmill now to be on in the game. Um, but, but at the time... Xbox just felt like starting over, and I was like, "Well, I'll I'll get it and support it because I love this game and I like Hello Games, but I'm not gonna." Yeah. So what um, are you gonna do? Are you gonna play it on next gen? Because it'll oh, fix yeah. all those problems. Of course, I'm gonna play it on. Well, I'm gonna play it on PlayStation Five. Yeah. Because the save's compatible. The save is, yeah. So, and that's a uh, big deal, especially for a game oh, yeah. like that, man. If Hello Games had not made that save move forward to PS5, there would be some angry yeah. freaking. I mean, they've been very good about that, even when they've rebooted the universe uh, that one time for the next update. Uh, they made sure the saves didn't have to start over. So that was, I mean, even if you were kind of left with some, you know, I was left with sort of a weird, like, bootleggy ship for a while because uh, they implemented all the, the the ship ranks. And so mine just, mine ended up being a C rank with no technology slots because it was from before the technology slot, but it had 48 slots of cargo because I, I I gamed the crash sh- ship system to keep, because the, the old system was, every crash ship you found had one more slot of inventory than the ship you had. So you just keep trading up yeah. and trading up and trading up until you, had, until you found one you really liked. And that became your permanent 48 slot ship. And so then it became, Oh, now your ship is C class and it doesn't have any tech slots. And so I'm like, well, I'm still sticking with it. Cause it's still a good ship, but yeah. I, and eventually they gave you the option, the ability to upgrade the, they the gave classes you all stuff back. and to get expansion modules. So now my ship is, you know, my old ship is fully kitted out and it's great. Um, the, the way they have supported legacy stuff moving forward is uh, really top notch. And it doesn't surprise me I mean, let's just be honest, all. Matt. They've done an amazing job they have. since it launched. Yeah. It was a rough launch, like really rough, but mm-hmm. they really deserve commendation for how they've handled things since. Uh, yeah. It's like, I, I don't know if I can think of another company that I has stood either, behind man. It's product, and they're like still this. now they're it's like still going. Know, They've got to get they, this thing running on PS5 and on PS5. And there's another major update before the end of the year, right. even aside from this yeah. that, that they said on Twitter. So like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's a better like Cinderella story this gen than this game. Like it's, it's, and if you haven't played it since it was you know newish, it's a uh, different. It's a game. completely different game. <laughs> it literally is a different game. You won't even recognize it, other than the art style. And that's about it in the creatures. Yeah, even that's changed. A fair it has. Amount. Yeah, even that has been tweaked pretty good. Uh, and then the final thing we want to talk about for PS5 in this week's show, uh, before it's pretty much here, is we mentioned, I think it was last week, about PlayStation VR, about how it wouldn't work um, on its own with PlayStation 5, but that Sony was going to send out adapters, but they hadn't really shared any information on that yet. Well, today they did. Uh, Sony has set up the form that you should use to get them to send you a free adapter that will make PlayStation VR work on PlayStation 5. Now, before you run to do that, which is what I did, I went immediately, they ask you to put in the serial number of the little like box that they send with PlayStation VR. First of all, the serial number on that thing, even with reading glasses, which I now have to use sometimes, and I'll put them on just for, for the people. Hmm. Even with these, I could not read the serial number at all. Um, I had to take a photo with my cell phone and then blow up the photo to read the serial number. So anyway, the glasses I, on you look like the guy that you go to in the skater group who's going to like tweak your board to like, yeah. work way better. 
Yo, bruh, you need some new wheels or something? You're like the guy. You're like the guy. The guy who gives Christian Slater like the really tape, dude. The guy who gives Christian Slater the super board at the end of Gleaming the Cube. <laughs> then he gets mad when he breaks it in the final battle. Skate dude, back, this board's bro. less than an hour old. <laughs> anyway, so there's me in glasses. You may be seeing more of that in the future as <laughs> as time goes on. I just figured I'd break the ice right here for you guys. Uh, so anyway, time. he hasn't been able to see shit for years. Believe me. <laughs> So anyway, um, I took a picture with my cell phone and then blew it up and was able to get the serial number. I put it in. Then they ask you for like your address and your phone number or whatever. I click submit and I got an error message. It did not go through. So I'm like, oh, crap. Uh, okay, so I'll do it again. So I went back, started the whole process over, refreshed the page in case it had something in cache, went through it, and then it just kept borking. So I don't know if they got it from me. Like, it won't accept my serial number anymore. So it sounds like my serial number went through. I did not get a confirmation email from Sony saying we've received this. I don't know what happened. Hmm. So my recommendation is I will wait. I would wait for a couple days to put it in because their system looks like it's having problems and I don't want you to end up getting screwed like I may have. So early adopters always get screwed. But in this case, I did not anticipate that. So I had a problem with it, but it is there. And again, like I said, anytime we talk about something on the show, it's on Sifted. There is an article on Sifted right now uh, that will walk you through it and show you how to do it. So it's there. I would wait a couple days for them to maybe iron out the kinks. I hope they got mine and my adapter isn't just now lost forever. We'll see. Um, but they are there. They're on it. Uh, Sony's on it. Like, it is on it. It All the stuff that we, Matt and I have been like, well, we're waiting for this and we're waiting for the. It just keeps coming. They, they, yeah. They're on it. Whole um, weeks left yeah. to spare. <laughs> yeah, well, now there's, what, two weeks. As of today, it's pretty much two weeks yeah. until uh, PlayStation 5 is released and less yeah. than that. For week, Xbox week, two weeks from tomorrow. Yep. Uh, all right, let's move on. And we're going to stay in the Sony theme a little bit because what we're going to use to kick this off is related to a Sony product. So the Uncharted movie has been in production for a while now after going into production and out of production. Mm. And then they had yeah, a writer. Development and, hell would be yeah, the more accurate. It has been a nightmare. Um, but I mean, that goes I, back, they've been working on that since 2010 yeah, in various forms. Yeah, but finally, it's really in production and we're starting to get stuff kind of leaking out. And this week we got the first production photos of, well, one of them in costume and one of them just in hair and makeup. Uh, we got to get the first look at Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. And Jared, if you want to put that up on the screen so people can see it. Uh, Matt, so the bigger discussion I want to have is I don't think he looks anything like Drake. And Maybe the bigger question is, does that matter? Does it matter? Do these characters have to look like their video game counterparts, do you believe? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, Nathan Drake is a fairly generic looking guy. He's uh, just like white dude. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I mean, the, the main thing that differentiated him from the other, you know, standard white dude heroes of the time was he had hair. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. there's a lot of bald space marines. And the bald space the marines time. were because they didn't want to have to. They didn't want to do hair. Unreal Engine didn't handle hair very well. Yeah. And that was sort of his two. Um, I'll say this. Uh, if, we, if we have that photo like wider at all, is there a version of that that's like a full, bo a full body shot? No, that's the only one we have. Okay, because there's a full, bo the full body shot he put on Instagram. The costume's great. Costume, costume's super accurate, except yeah. it doesn't have the half tuck. No, that's, um, <laughs> that's funny. That, that's, that's that's hilarious. That's Drake's trademark for well, the yeah, first game. Dude, is that they, half put tuck? It, they they did like a marketing program with like that untucked yeah. shirt shirt company because they're known for doing the half tuck. Yeah. yeah. 
That's hilarious so, that you picked up on that. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm here for the details. Um, I mean, it looks fine. Like, clearly he's young, but, like, it's supposed to be, like, a prequel-y sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, supposed to be young, the young Drake. And yeah. he, I will say this. Like, if you go back and look at young Drake in the games, he's a much closer fit. Uh, he yeah, does it's, not, look, it's not too far off if you look yeah. at, like, the Uncharted 3 flashbacks. Yeah. Like, you can see it. But, and Holland's a good actor, and he'll be fine in the role. It's but yeah, my, I'm not worried about Holland and whether he looks like Nathan Drake. I'm worried about whether they're going to make a movie that it's good. is garbage. <laughs> like, yeah. it's... Yeah. Like it's, I mean, it should be pretty simple. It should be, all you got to do is make like another, an Indiana Jones or a mummy movie and you got it like more or less. Like yeah. but that seems like a tall order sometimes. Easier said than done. Yeah. Uh, then the other still that we got was Marky Mark as mm -hmm. Sully. Mark Wahlberg um, on his Instagram <sighs> feed posted a video of him in hair and makeup for the film. And there he is. As there he Sully. is. Asking he a goat how his closer. mother is. He looks closer to Sully than I mean, he's old enough now, I guess, to play yeah. Sully in that era. I, it's a weird choice because Sully's sort of like a jolly father figure womanizer, and Mark Wahlberg's yeah. more of like a complete dick. No, he's like um, a meathead. Yeah. He's like the jock meathead. Like, he just, you know, I associate him with the two terrible Transformers movies he was in, which is kind of redundant because they're all yeah. terrible. But, like, <laughs> it's, um, he was somehow worse than Shia LaBeouf in terms, in terms of <laughs> sort of a protagonist I was supposed to, like, identify with or want to see. Um, yeah. but like, <laughs> I mean, he I was also he part of play the role. Do you no, I don't, he, I don't, this think is not going to be the Sully. Right? Right? Yeah. No, I don't think he's even, he's, he's, Sully's going to suddenly be from Boston and right. be sort of like a tool. Like that's yeah. basically all it's going to be. And, um, I mean, Wahlberg was involved back when it was like, uh, supposed to be like him and De Niro. Right. With with like uh, Scorsese or somebody was involved with it. And like, it was going to be like guys who owned a pawn shop. In a organized well, crime Bark isn't thing, a like, lot of gigs these days. Very but. weird. It was, it was, <laughs> He's not exactly been, in demand in 2020. If you go back and look at where this thing was 10 years ago or eight years ago in terms of like what they were planning to do with it, it's and a what miracle that that photo of Tom Holland <laughs> looks as. It's a miracle you can look at that photo yeah. of Tom Holland and be like, oh, he's supposed to be Nathan Drake. Like that's that's a win right there. The fact that I recognize what character that's supposed to be. Now, do you think um, it matters that the characters do or do not look? like who they're supposed to i mean probably not uh they're not to most people it will though most people aren't gonna matter it's 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 not they're not iconic enough in the mainstream to matter like yeah. and there's nothing like off-putting about seeing tom no. holland in that outfit no there's, there's nothing so like, like so yeah. bad that you're like ooh. No. it's like yeah. oh i might you know and i know there's people it's like oh nathan fillion should have played uh nathan drake maybe but nathan fillion was too old to play that role when the first uncharted came out and two, uh, Fillion has sort of developed a reputation as hard to work with, shall we say? Like mm -hmm. he was, he was apparently something of a diva on uh, Castle to the point that his co-star didn't want to be in the same room with him anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so like it does, you know. And now he just, you'd be like, I don't know, he'd have to be, you have to be doing a post games Drake with starring his daughter or something to put him in for that. Yeah. Um, you'd have to do kind of like. You have to do it like the boys did with Simon Pegg, where Simon Pegg was originally uh, the model for Huey in the comic of the boys. And in, in the TV series, in the Amazon series, uh, Simon Pegg plays Huey's father because he's too old to play Huey now. Um, 
you could have done something like that, but I guess, you know, maybe one day they'll do something with that. Um, but you had to recast, uh, yeah, and not recast because filming was never cast as Drake, but I understand that dream casting of wanting him to be that or like, you know, wanting. I mean, he's the perfect fit, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I have no doubt in my mind that he was part of Amy Hennig's inspiration for the character, um, just from the kind of, you know, the, the Firefly attitude that, that, yep. I mean, those games entirely, her, her, her Uncharted's have sort of a Firefly tone to them like yeah, there's a joss, a there's a joss tone to them yeah um so i get that disappointment but like that's just what happened this game the movie took 10 years to make and people aged out of the roles and this is where we are i wouldn't have minded seeing nathan fillion play sully yeah um that, that could have worked. worked that could have worked you're right um i don't think I, mark I, Wahlberg is a bad choice for him appearance wise i just no, someone else mentioned in chat like he's way too ripped. Like he is. Like he's a yeah. workout maniac. Like he's got like muscles like beside his neck. Well, like, my other problem is like Sully is Sully is a rough hewn old school treasure hunter guy. He smokes who's cigars like, and like, like yeah. Like, well, like he's supposed to be like you know he's maybe you wouldn't want to hang hang out with him, but at the same time, and maybe at first you, he sort of comes off as sort of like oh I don't know about this guy he's a little sleazy, but he's just got this charm and this like kind of. You know, old old school Hollywood action adventure washed up yeah. hero thing going on. That you feel like he's seen it all. He's been there. He's a mentor to, to Nate. Like you, you, you very you know because like that's sort of the question of the first game is did he betray Nate? Right. And yeah. it's sort of not a huge shock when it turns out he didn't. No, uh, of course it, not. Because they do a great job of selling him as a right. good guy. Yeah. And like I just cannot picture Mark Wahlberg selling any of that. No. Nope. Like he's I gonna come off as sleazy. And I'm not going to be sleazy able to get past the idea goofy. he's sleazy. He'll be able yeah. to do, and that's about the end of his range. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so goofy. <laughs> like I can see Tom Holland playing Nate the way like Noel North played Nate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have trouble seeing. I have trouble seeing Mark Wahlberg playing Sully the way Sully is in the games. Me, me too. Um, but it doesn't mean the movie's not going to be good. It doesn't mean it's not going to be a good depiction of. Of it, you know, and it, you know the Tomb Raider movie, the Tomb Raider sequel's been been, been de indefinitely delayed, so they kind of got the the field of themselves in terms of like adventure adventurer steals artifacts <laughs> from from ancient site movies. So yeah. you know, here we go. And you know, I I do kind of feel like the, the 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 field is open. The time is right for a new movie like this, like yeah, an for adventure sure. adventure old school like kind of pulp pulp action thing like i think there's potential there so hopefully they get this right um i'm not put off by any of it i think tom holland's good i think I'm i agree with it. you though i don't think likenesses for gaming related films matter that much no. uh, because it's, it's only, only once the gamers go to see it it's going to fail so right. you need o only once nothing did, about the game to go see it only once did the likeness really matter and that was sonic the hedgehog yeah, well, um, when you talk about very cartoonish characters then yeah. yeah that they really matter Human well not characters. even just cartoonish like that original Sonic the Hedgehog was a nightmare. Like, <laughs> it just that, looked it was, bad. It was, it was just a no bad matter whether thing. you knew what Sonic was or wasn't, that yeah. character. Even if bad. you didn't have any idea who Sonic the Hedgehog was, you saw that original scene. You think like, "What the fuck is that? What Agreed. what is what are you touching my eyes with?" Like then Justin Horman <laughs> brings up uh, Dennis Hopper as King Koopa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> touche. That whole thing. that whole that's a whole other that's thing. A whole that other movie. topic. Uh, Mike's Q and Tiny Two K. Thank you guys for Twitch Prime. Appreciate it. Um, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Xbox. Like I said, we're equal opportunity podcast here on Game Face. We're going to talk about PlayStation 5. We're going to talk about Xbox Series X. Though I would add that the Series X updates are 
slowing to a trickle at this point. We don't have as many. Um, probably the biggest one of all, Phil Spencer has been doing tons of interviews. Like, literally, I don't think the guy's slept for like three weeks. It's just every day there's another interview with someone or some stream that he's on or something that he sat in on. He is grinding right now, and I've, I've been impressed to watch him do it. Um, but he went and did an interview with Game Reactor, which I believe is a European gaming website. They're pretty big. Uh, they do some pretty good stuff generally. And uh, they asked him the question everybody has been wondering since the Bethesda acquisition, and that is, are you done? Are you going to make more acquisitions? And he said... No, we're not done. I am absolutely going to pick up more studios to help bolster. And this is very important that he mentioned this to bolster Game Pass. Like he mm. didn't say we need this stuff for Xbox Series X and S. He said we need it for Game Pass. That, first of all, big deal that they're not done. They're going to buy other studios still. Also, big deal that the focus is getting people hooked on Game Pass with this software and not getting them to buy a console. Um, which we've been a, saying for a while, but I think have, this, this yeah. is the first time that I think they've explicitly said that. Yeah, I mean, they just laid it down. They yeah. were just like, this is what we're about now. Like it's to the point where you're starting games. to wonder, like, is the brand by the end of this generation going to be Game Pass and not Xbox? Will Xbox be a subset of Game Pass? Yeah, like the hardware optional. And yeah. actually, the next bullet point in this topic kind of bleeds into that, which is in that same interview and in other interviews throughout the week, Phil Spencer when asked about it said that yes they are looking at releasing xbox game pass stream sticks meaning mm -hmm. you would not really need anything but that little dongle that you plug into a usb port to use game pass which again is something that pactor has been talking about forever mm -hmm. and in that case you don't need an xbox at all i mean that's it's just that's where it's going matt they the subscribers where they're going to gonna try to make it go right right I mean, um, I it, it, your their metric is Game Pass subscribers now. It's not, right. how but as long as, but no. Game Pass to me is useful because it still allows me to install the games. It yeah, yeah, for force sure. me to do streaming. And um, I wonder what the sticks if they'll have any storage on them at all. To I see. would not expect so because otherwise you can't you can't cram an Xbox chipset in that thing and still charge like a decent amount of you know a, a reasonable yep. amount of money for it. It's going to have to be a Stadia style streaming solution or like a Switch Cloud kind of thing. Yep. Which is, you know, better than nothing, but like as long as you keep as long as you leave me the option to use local hardware, like fine. And they I'm will. never yeah, and they I'm sure they will because Microsoft seems to be the only one who gets that uh right now. Um you know, is there's a way to say Sony you know, gets it. Sony Sony sort of, but PlayStation now still doesn't let you do that. Yeah. And true. it never will because they, they, I mean, Sony's a different situation because they borked themselves with the cell processor. You're probably never going to see native, you know, backwards compatibility on the hardware for stuff for anything going back to PS3. But like, also, I was looking, streaming tech is old, Matt. Yeah, Gaikai ain't what it used to be. I, I mean, remember their game streaming tech is ancient. That yeah. stuff, I mean, it's the first one. That's why Sony bought it. And yeah. I don't know how much resources they're dumping into PlayStation now still as far as the tech is. I mean, I'm trying to remember because I remember Setzler came back from a demo of Gaikai like just raving about, about it. Me too. It. When I saw and it the like, first time, it blew my mind. But I remember, I remember the part of the office we were in when he told me about it. That had to be at least two seating arrangements before we shut down, which means it was like 09. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a long time. That, that's ancient, ancient yeah. tech. I was there. I went to that event and I was blown away by it too. Because think about back then in 09. Oh, yeah. Streaming and it not and it did have latency, but like the fact that you could but it play it at all was yeah. like mind blowing. Yeah, 
Yeah, because it just seemed like magic, like wizardry. Mm -hmm. I was like, what witchcraft is this? But now, obviously. (laughs) He's like... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Now they've iterated on it. So all these other services that are coming out are likely far superior to PlayStation Now at this point. So they may have to invest some money and they may have to pivot and offer Mm -hmm. downloads for PlayStation Now because that's where everything's going. Or you know what? Maybe just try to figure out an emulator for the cell processor. Yeah. That's a pretty tall order that they're probably not too concerned. I mean, the PC, the PC, the PC emulator for it works pretty well at this point. Yeah, Um, you got to have a pretty, pretty beast of a rig to some degree to get decent frame rates out of it. But it works. Like it's not going to enhance it the way, like you know, the way 360 games run so much better on the Series X. Like you're not going to get that, but you'll be able to play them. Like that's you know, if you give me a PlayStation now that is like Game Pass, where like you can either stream PS3 games or also install them and play them locally. Um, even if you don't add any bells and whistles, I would probably subscribe to that. I think some people, a lot of people would. Um, next. So we've been talking about how there's really no exclusive quote unquote games mm-hmm. for Xbox Series X at launch. We have a kind of an exception now. And that is because it was announced this week that Gears 5, I know it's an old game. I know you've already played it is getting story DLC that will coincide with the launch of Xbox Series X. I honestly did not expect this. I didn't either. Story DLC for a Gears game, did not see that coming. And they need something like this, like, big time. I mean, this is a big deal. Sadly, it's a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) It shouldn't be, but it is. Exclusive Um, story-driven content for an Xbox game? Yeah, uh, crazy. That's a big deal. That's at launch. It's a huge deal. Especially after, like, all the news today about, like, another lead leaving Halo Infinite. Yeah. Um, Stuff seems to be going great over there. (laughs) 343. What the hell? It's it's not good. It's really, really disturbing. It's not good. And we look, we we have these warning signs. Like a lot of people talk about game face and they'll be like, oh, sometimes that shows two in the weed. You guys talk about stuff that like is never gonna happen. We talked about this. We talked about mm-hmm. all these little signs on of Halo Infinite like a year ago, because people have been leaving this project for a long time. Prominent people have been leaving this project for a long time. And, and I'm we, less, I'm like less, you know, canary in a coal mine about stuff like that. I think probably when we talked about it, I was more dismissive of, of the concerns. But the closer you get to this and the more high profile leads keep disappearing, what is clearly a period where they have to seriously buckle down and sort of reinvent things. Yes. Like that's a huge loss in the middle of that kind of scenario. So. so it's good that they have, and they planned this. This isn't them just coming up with this because Halo was delayed. Full on Gears 5 story DLC running on yeah. Xbox Series X. As we said earlier, the multiplayer will run at 120 frames per second. So if there is one kind of next gen exclusive for mm. Series X, it's Gears 5 DLC. Is this, I, <laughs> and this is, okay, they're called, are they called the Coalition now? Yes. Is that their current? Yeah. yeah so. I hope Microsoft is doing something real nice for the coalition and for turn 10. For this bailing Christmas their asses out. Because that is all they <laughs> fucking got right now. Like those two studios are 
propping this thing up, right? Yeah, and have absolutely. been for a while, I would say. Yep, I agree. Um, I mean, all, I mean nice bottles of wine all around. For like five years. Like, yeah, yeah, like I'm saying bottles of wine, fruit baskets, and a nice little bonus for everybody on those two yeah. studios because those guys are, and maybe playground games too, because those guys have been the rock stars of the Xbox One generation over and over. Yep. And look, I am excited about this. I really like Gears 5. It wasn't like yeah. a tear down the generation type of game, but it was a really freaking good game. It was good. And I enjoyed playing a Gears game again for yeah. the first time in a long time. And it so. looks really good. Like, go yeah. check out some of the 4K stuff on Sifted. The game, it's hard to believe that that was an Xbox One game. It really is mind-blowing. Um, and then some smaller stuff. Uh, Matt, do you remember One Versus 100? That little, oh, yeah. like game show thing on xbox, xbox live arcade thing yeah I, yeah I really enjoyed that i, I, I even I had sad like when these, it went away. i had these cool little like buttons that came with it that like huh. i got this crazy like version where they, they came with like actual buzzers that you could use to play with it like i played that for a good like two months almost every night yeah. i would sit down and play again. i don't i don't think i'm because they would do live you know every week yeah, i don't live. think I, yeah. I don't think i missed one of them I, yeah. my, my online group and i would stop playing whatever we're playing at night and play that and it was fun but one of uh one of our guys appointment one of our guys did win some money from it once he, wow. got, he got in like he got in like a top something or whatever <laughs> he, he actually won something well, it's coming back. They're creating another version for Xbox Series X or a new version for Xbox Series X. I kind of doubt my uh, buzzer controllers will still work, <laughs> unfortunately. It would be cool if they did, but I, I do not expect them to. It's a very old USB format, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but the thing with those games are it's an appointment. You have to be there yeah. at the exact time. And if there's one thing we've learned, even sports at this point is people do not want to be told when to show up for something like their TV ratings mm -hmm. for sports are in the toilet. And I mean, who there's even a knows what time it is anymore? I know. I mean, look, there's a bunch of reasons for that. I'm not going to go into it because this is a video game podcast. But in general, people are not showing up for appointment related stuff. So it may be a hard sell, or maybe by the time it comes out, the world is back to normal and we want appointments again. <laughs> Get that mm -hmm. I run appointments again. I would love to have an appointment to do anything right now. So actually I did have an appointment for our shirts, but it, it but even <laughs> he was like, I'll meet you out on the sidewalk and like, I'll show you the shirt. Like it was just funny. It was almost like a drug deal to try to get t-shirts made. So anyway, uh, I had a lot of fun with that when it was on Xbox 360. And I think a lot of you guys will too, uh, when it comes to series X and then the final piece of series X news from the week, not good news is that uh, devil may cry special edition will not have ray tracing on the xbox series x what's up with that matt you think they couldn't know. do it or they didn't want to do it or i have no idea um i mean ray tracing is pretty expensive in terms of performance yeah it's so as, it's, as expensive as it gets it's the most expensive my, thing they can do my only speculation would be they couldn't find a way to get ray tracing to turn on and not drop it below 60 and yeah. you do not want to play this game below 60 they don't want you to play the game below no. 60 they don't they don't want to let you play the game below 60 i think a thousand percent that's exactly what it was and if that's the case i totally get it because that is a pillar yeah an aesthetic pillar of that franchise and you can't yep. sacrifice it so and if you build if you build the game up with that hardware in mind and knowing that that's your and you're going to incorporate ray tracing, yeah i'm sure you can make it work but it doesn't make sense to remake that game from the ground up just for that so yep so that's it for xbox series x for the week like i said small stuff next week we may not have anything i mean we really are kind of at the point where we know everything they even posted like a huge um top to bottom xbox series x walkthrough this week official from microsoft and it had nothing new in it hardly at all uh there was a couple small details um that i didn't know already 
um, like dynamic backgrounds are going to be an exclusive on Series X, um, which is silly. You could obviously get a dynamic background to work on your Xbox One, but they're going to keep it exclusive to Series X. Uh, I didn't know that I learned a lot about the new controller, the one that comes in the package, like the bumpers and the and the triggers are textured. I wasn't really aware of that. The ergonomics are slightly altered. It's a little bit smaller. Uh, obviously, everyone knows that it has the D-pad from the Elite controller, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that I learned is that a lot of this stuff is handled through the app. Like when you set up your console, you do it through the app. Um, remote play is handled through the app. Um, you can connect your Xbox controller to your phone via Bluetooth and play remote play on your tablet or your phone, which is pretty cool through xCloud. Um, but other than that, they even that didn't have a lot of information. That was pretty much all the stuff that they shared. So those are the latest updates on Xbox Series X. The good news really to me was the Gears 5 DLC that I'll have something quote unquote new that I can only play on my Series X and I can't play on PlayStation 5. So I'm pretty excited for that. But otherwise, software definitely looking a little slim for launch. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about Ghost of Tsushima, a game I still have not finished, to fully admit. I did uh, almost dive back into it the other day. I booted it up and then I got distracted and never went back to it. So I can tell that internally I am open to trying to finish it off. So it looks like it's going to happen, whether it happens in December or January, who knows, but I think I'm going to go back and complete it. Regardless, uh, this week, the hiring started for the sequel to Ghost of Tsushima. For our purposes right now, we're going to call it Ghost of Tsushima 2. It could be, it could have a subtitle, who knows? Or it could be a prequel, We just the next game in the Ghost of Tsushima line. Um, and what I thought it would maybe be a good time for Matt and I to kind of discuss, now that the dust has settled and we've had a lot of time to kind of think about Ghost of Tsushima, what exactly we would like to see in the sequel. Um, now, I'll start, Matt. Um, I'll start by saying more story in general. I liked the story in this game. I liked the characters in this game. I liked the general plot. I just didn't feel like there was enough of it. I felt like there was too much kind of downtime and big, big chunks of gameplay where I wasn't getting enough story. What about you, Matt? Do you have anything that you would really like to see change for the sequel? And do you think that there should be a sequel maybe is a good question for this game? Yeah, I think you you want to do a sequel. Um, the, I'm I, wondering. I, like, I mean, you, 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 you one. Well, you can you can easily do this again if well, you, you can, like. But do, do we need another one? I guess. I mean, I would play it. Uh, I give you make something. I would make it something like you know, Jin sort of chases the Mongols to the mainland of China, and is sort of trying to hunt them down. Get uh, some more breadth. Yeah. Um, I mean, you also have. I mean, look, the Mongols did invade again. Uh, yeah. Year later. Historically. Yeah. Historically. So you, that would not be the same characters. Right. Because um, that was a generation, a couple generations later. Um, but uh, so you, you think that's that. good enough, Matt, though? Just doing it like if they were to do that, like in this two well, years, the thing I would invading I, again. But now we have a new and now June is like 60 and he's the sensei. And like I think the I've, I think, uh, well, yeah, I think anything's good enough. Like you can the, the gameplay is the star more than kind of what the premise of the story. As long as I'm fighting Mongols and liberating territories, I'm pretty much happy. Um, although I do think, like you say, the like the the best 
parts of the game are the are the story driven character quest chains. Yeah. Um, and I think they really need to look hard at why those work better than the main story stuff and the side stuff. Um, I do like how how organic the side stuff is and sort of unfolds and like you talk yep. to a person and suddenly like it leads over to here and, and I hope they but, go more into that with a sequel. Oh, definitely. But I just think I think they need to go lean in real hard on the or kind of the, the the robust storytelling and sort of the way you learn about the culture and the world of this very fictionalized and romanticized version of feudal Japan. Yeah. But um, yeah, and it's very rooted in kind of the Chambara uh, samurai drama thing. It's not, it's not meant to be realistic. It's about as realistic as like a wild West story uh, would be here. But like, I do think by the end of the game, they have made some strong commentary on whether or not the whole uh, myth of the honorable samurai actually even makes any sense. Um, because the code sort of like locks you into being sort of terrible. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And Jin is more about doing the right thing. And when that puts him into conflict with what is considered to be the right way to behave, he chooses the right thing over the right behavior. And that is a mildly revolutionary act for a hero of a samurai drama. Sure. So yeah. there is some subversion happening there. And I think if they carry that for- forward, that would be interesting. Um, which is why I say going to the mainland of China and trying to kind of basically exact revenge and stop the Mongols on their home turf would be a logical next step for this series because Jin's awakening to the idea of the code of the samurai not being the end-all be-all and sort of taking revenge in a more proactive way in the name of keeping other people he may never meet safe from this threat would be in line with his character development by the end of the game. Um, and I, I would kind of support that. The other thing I would like to see is more granular uh, equipment. Like I'd like to be able to design my samurai armor a little more. Like, choose. even though that feature was pretty robust, it was pretty robust. But I'd like to have a little more mix and match on sort of the look of things. I'd like to have a little more um, say in like, well, okay, the pattern on this looks like that. You know, there was color changes, but like I couldn't kind of build my own armor set too much. Like, what if I want this kind of kind of shoulder pads on this sort of you know, thing? And you can do a little bit. Like, I see what you're change, saying. You're, 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 you want to have the ability to construct your own armor. Pretty set much. Like I'll. I want to yeah, customize like this kind of these kind of shoulder, this pads, shoulder this pad, kind of with torso, this torso, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. I get it. Um, which I think is reasonable why they didn't do that in this one because like they had a lot. You know, you, you got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> but now that it's all in place, you kind of know what you're building from from you know a baseline. Like I think that's your next step is to really mess with that a little more. I would also like to see um, a more more variety of weaponry. Um, I love Agreed. having the sword be the be the center of everything. The sword and the bow be the center of everything because that are, those are the traditional samurai weapons. But the other t- traditional samurai weapon and the one that some historians believe they used more than the samurai and bo- the, the the katana and the bow combined is the spear. Mm. Like the spear was a major battlefield we- weapon for a samurai, and uh, and you know, obviously enemies in the game have it. But I would love to have a, a robust spear combat system put in there and a little more on on horseback stuff. Like I like See, some Matt, jousting, you know. I like is, some. This is why I asked you from the beginning. Like, should there be a sequel? Because when I think of a sequel to any game, I think about the prior game and I think about what you can add to it, what you mm-hmm. can do to improve it. But because Ghost of Tsushima is locked into this very sort of riv- rigid culture where you're struggling to rationalize him using a pole, it makes it hard for me to see how the sequel could be a lot better 
I don't think it's, I'm not struggling to rationalize it. I'm saying like you could do that in addition because I think the reason he doesn't have one in the first game is no, because no, that's too much. No, you took it all wrong, Matt. When I say struggling to rationalize it, you had to explain that they in fact did use poles in the battlefield and some people don't think that they did and blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You had to go on a spiel to explain how you put the new weapon in and you're going to have to do that with everything. Where every other game, when it gets a sequel, it's like it's very easy to figure out how you make it better. Just make the weapons crazier, give them a bunch of other weapons, because there's no rules that they have to follow. But with this game, there are rules that you have to follow. And so you can't just kind of take, for lack of a better phrase, the cheap way out, which is just make it bigger. What did, what, what did Cliffy say? Bigger and badder and more badass. Like, mm -hmm. that's the easy way to do a sequel. And I don't think that Ghost of Tsushima has a path to that, is what I was getting at. I don't agree with that. I, I think I'm trying to explain that because I think it's an interesting way to couch it. If I was going to pitch it as like sort of a game feature, I'd be like, yeah, you can use a spear now. Like, I don't need to justify that beyond that. And people complaining about the historical accuracy of this game, first of all, it was never meant to be that historically accurate. Like, they're fudging a lot of stuff. Like, none of the armor in this game existed for another three, four hundred years yeah. uh, after this, the setting. Like, it was not, none of it is, you know, and also, that tree would have run out of leaves a long time ago. <laughs> like, it's just, there's just not enough cherry blossoms in the world to fall <laughs> as often as they fall in this game. Like, there's, it, at some point, the trees are bare. I'm sorry. Um, it's just, it's very romanticized and very dramatic, and I think you can lean into that further in the sequel. And if you do take him to the mainland and sort of turn it into a, you know, hunt, hunt down the Mongol chiefs and maybe, like, have the final confrontation with Genghis Khan, or no, because uh, I think Genghis Khan dies uh, off screen, cause, and they have to call everybody back to to decide who's going to be the new con and him sort of deciding like, I'm going to insert myself into that competition and fuck with all the potential new cons and make sure that nobody gets to be the new con. You are changing history. Then you are no longer even pretending to be historically accurate. So you can kind of really go off the rails with stuff like that and sort of establish, like we are going a little weirder with this. We've already sort of established some, some magic -y stuff in the first game with the, with the Spock spirits and stuff. Go harder on that. I think kind of lean into that. The other thing I think would be interesting is you don't have to make it historically accurate, but you can make it culturally accurate and culturally interesting. And sort of that conflict between this like Japanese samurai encountering like Chinese warriors uh, on the other side of the, the, the sea and sort of how he has to sort of fit into this new culture and like negotiate with this new culture and prove to them that he's there to help and not some kind of invader because there's a lot of, you know, problem there. Um, I think there's a lot of interpersonal conflict options you could play with in this that would make it just as interesting to discover the world as it was in this, except it's a whole different world because it's another country. You're in a whole different kingdoms. Um, there's a lot you can play with there. Um, the other option, of course, would be to make another game similar in tone and idea, but not have it be in Japan. Mm. Like, Just have it be it, a completely well, different culture. You could well, the problem is a franchise is called Ghost of Tsushima. But you could, well, the <laughs> franchise is called Ghost of. Okay, let me, gotcha. let me pitch that to you. Swapping like, new territories. What in. what if it's Ghost of Tenochtitlan? Yeah, and it takes place no, in the I, Aztec I world. Saying. You know, yeah, yeah. like okay. there's something could, you could do with that. It could become their Assassin's Creed, where exactly. you can make it work across all these different cultures. Right. That, it just depends. It depends whether they think the samurai aspect is the core of the franchise, or the core of the franchise is vaguely historically stealth, accurate basically. stealth combat yeah. <laughs> in a in a, in a, in a, in a fun, like beautiful world, you know, like you could do that if you want, you could do a, I prefer a bunch the of ladder. Like that. <laughs> so hopefully they will too. <laughs> I don't think that's what they're going to do, but I, I but you could, you absolutely yeah. could. I think they'll really just try to create a sequel to this game. Yeah. And I well, just, also because it was such a big hit in Japan. Yeah. 
Those that are making it everywhere. It did great. Yeah, but it's particularly in Japan. Like the idea, yeah. a Western made samurai game was a big hit in Japan, and I don't think they fully expected that. Yeah. yeah um, and uh, so I, I have a hard time seeing them abandon that that aspect of it. But it, I think it's a great game. It, I just I'm I'm struggling to get excited for the sequel, I guess is, is my point. Because I don't know what you do to make it better. It's great. Either you like it or you don't is kind of how I look at Ghost mm. of Tsushima. There's no denying it's very well crafted. It's an amazing game. Either you like the kind of game it is or you don't. And I don't see what they could do with the franchise to change that. I guess, I guess my way. response to that would be, I think you can say the exact same thing about Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, and in fact, yeah, all we've really seen that's new and fallen in, was it Forbidden West? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Forbidden West. A couple new machines. She can swim now, underwater now. And that's about all we we know. And it looks that's better, true. obviously. That's true. And that's all we've really seen. That's it. But like, you know what? Give me more. Give me more of that game. Like I don't, you know, I'm same way with Ghost of Tsushima. Like all you need to do is let me play a little more with a little more stuff to play with. I'm happy. Like you well, don't have to. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have Sucker to Punch takes so long to make its games that by the time the sequel comes out, they could pretty much just do a remaster of the first game. And I'll be ready to play it again. So. That is also possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it sounds like it's actually getting a pretty robust next-gen patch already. Yeah. So that may not yep. be necessary. Yep. Uh, I'm interested to see, because I know like there's a lot okay. of people who are saying, like, oh, Last of Us, because Last of Us 2 is going to get some kind of update thing. But like a lot of people are like, no, we're not going to get an update. They're going to remaster it, and we're going to have to buy it all over again for PS5. And so I'm like, they wouldn't do that. No, they're not going like, to. And they're like, well, and they're like, well, they're, they're, the, the rationale tends to be, well, that's what they did with the first game. I'm like, yeah, because the first game was on PS3, and there was no way to bring it forward because it was all cell processor shit. So they had to basically remake the thing yeah, and, and rebuild release it again. But now I think, well, also with all the compatibility back and forth, um, the the rule is going to be here is an update patch. It makes it run like this, and maybe if Last of Us Three comes out, they could they could do a remaster then and do like a, a director's cut sort of thing years down the road. But I really don't think you're gonna have to pay extra for most of the next gen versions of these Sony games. I think the Either. compatibility is right there and ready to go. Yep. All right, let's move on. We're gonna talk next about another controversy that was ignited this yeah. week by someone from Stadia. Um, his name is Alex Hutchinson. He also is actually the co-founder of Typhoon Studios as well. He is the cre also the creative director for Google Stadia. And basically what happened this week... He also is, worked on uh, Assassin's Creed 3 and Unity and a couple yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. He's a and, huge. He's huge. And you uh, you may remember him as the guy who said that, that women weren't in Assassin's Creed because they were too hard to animate. That's right. Yep, that was him. Yeah. <laughs> a real hit parade from this guy over the years. Um, but anyway... He, um, there was a big dust up this week about Twitch because what's happening right now is the record industry is cracking down on streamers and Twitch. Um, you are, first of all, Twitch deleted like tens of thousands of videos last week. So if you have like archives on your Twitch channel and you're like, wait, where did those go? Like they disappeared. You probably had licensed music in those archives and they deleted all of them. So that's music. a lot of people. A lot because of so people. many people just Dude, like from the beginning. They've always yeah. played licensed music. We've never done it. Like that's mm -hmm. why we don't play like any music in the front right. of game. But fiction. even like people that just you know sit around in their room and play games and talk to people and yeah, chat, they're like, listening are playing to like music Drake behind. and yeah. stuff. It's like yeah. no, you can't. Well, you never should have done that in the first place. Twitch should have never got away with it in the first place to be making yeah. money off of this content. And so the music industry finally caught up to Twitch and they issued a bunch of takedowns and Twitch obliged. Um, and of course, like all the streamers are all angry because you know they've 
been streaming for five or six years and for the first four years that they streamed, probably every single one of their streams had licensed music in it. It was the Wild mm -hmm. West. People thought they could get away with whatever they wanted to. That's not how it works. So the music industry has come to bite back. And obviously streamers and YouTubers are really pissed off because a lot of their old content is either being removed or demonetized because it has licensed music. And so Alex Hutchison, as Matt said, he is a very well, a big, bigly, a bigly, a very well accomplished game developer. He's been in the industry for a long time. He has a lot of big things on his resume. And I'm just going to read you his exact tweets because I don't want to misconstrue anything that he said. And there were three tweets. The first two came together, and then the third one came after the response. Uh, the first one says, um, streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they use music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact that they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well. Uh, it's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it. And then he follows up with, the real truth is the streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. And so that tweet set off the fireworks. People were, went off because we've gone through this before with Nintendo. Nintendo tried to create a profit share with YouTubers, and that was horrible and nintendo ended up abandoning it so, that also is pretty rich coming from someone who's trying to push a platform that wants to sell you nothing nothing bucks yeah you don't even own at all and so i, I would buy the game alex but i can't buy it on your platform yeah exactly and still own anything because when you shut that platform down in a year and a half i will no longer I have, have a game nothing. to play and so people went off on him. We're like, you're full of it. You know what you're talking about? We've been through this already. You're living in five years ago. And his response to that was, it's amazing to me that people are upset at someone saying that the creators of content should be allowed to make some of the money from other people using their content for profit. It's hard to argue with that last tweet. Um, but I, I can. Again. <laughs> you will? <laughs> A little bit because what he's saying is, First off, it's only applicable to like the top 1% of Twitch streamers. Like, yeah. like otherwise the amount of revenue you would get from some kind of revenue sharing situation for the vast majority of people who stream whatever games is so minor that it's not even worth the publisher's time to pursue it, which is one yeah, of the reasons this is right now, to they're, they're fighting tooth and nail to get a penny per play on right. Spotify. Yeah. I mean, fighting tooth and nail. Like they, they're probably right now they get paid like an eighth of a penny. They're right. trying to get a penny and that's probably never going to happen. Just right. to, and that's the way the monetizing really the works. value of playing a song. Like yeah, there's just no value. There. Yeah. And for the game stuff, like for the big popular streamers, which is who I'm assume he's talking about here, which is like maybe a hundred thousand people. If that like, isn't, exactly. you know, the, the number of people that are, that qualify for what he's describing that a, a company would find worth pursuing is minuscule compared to the yep. number of people who stream and have like 12 viewers, you know? Yep. Um, here's the thing. A lot, most of those people are um, personality driven and what they're playing doesn't matter nearly as much as the fact that they are playing it yeah. to their audience. Yeah. Yeah. So I would argue that you could make, I mean, you'd have to change laws to some degree and, and how the, the copyright is enforced on this, which I don't think you really want to do, but I would argue that it's similar to be like, let's say I was a, uh, a, a, a do-it-yourself like carpentry uh, streamer. I was a big popular guy. I'd show you how to build something every week. Doghouse. Yeah. yeah, whatever. This to me is sort of like if the company that made the hammer I use said I owed them money because that's the hammer I use when I build things. It's like, well, no, 
that's not really how that works. And it's obviously not quite the same thing because a hammer isn't a creative work. You've also paid for the hammer. You also paid for but these people paid for the game. Yeah. Presumably they have bought the game or been sent the game a code by the publisher. Yeah, see, I, I don't think getting into the legality of it is the right discussion to have. Because but that is the only discussion to have because that's the only way to enforce this. Well, like, they can, what he's talking it. about will never happen unless it is legally enforced, and that's, that has to be brought by the publishers. The question becomes, who's the first publisher that's going to try that? Well, I mean, they, it does, the publishers are irrelevant, Matt. Twitch had to take down all those videos because the copyright holders of the music told them to well, take The music it. thing is different. Right. The music, well, yeah, because the music publishers came after them for it. So yeah. if he wants the same thing to happen with video games, video game publishers are going to have to take that stand and oh, be yeah, like, okay, we're going to do that. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. You don't no, want no. that PR blowback. I was still kind of talking about the music rights. Oh no, the music, music. I mean, look, music rights are garbage, and they have always have been garbage. And the the copyright holders for this this music have nothing to do with the artists who made the they're, music. They're trying to squeeze blood from a turnip because yeah. I mean, especially now, think about it. There's no concerts. There's no nothing. Yeah. The music industry is screwed. So they wouldn't even have done this if it was if they weren't with a bunch of downtime right now they have nothing to do so and also consider like concerts are most that's where most of the money comes to the artists you yeah know, the record labels make a minuscule amount of money but even that amount missing for this long is going to push them into this kind of des desperate oh, yeah. situation Absolutely. and that's that's why this is happening yep um because it's been going on for 12 years like why didn't anyone do anything before now because it didn't matter till now and then the obviously after the people scream back at him most of what they were screaming back at him about were arguments that i don't necessarily agree with like the the argument for like the youtubers and the streamers was well we're advertising the game for free and i mean that's with dubious, let's plays but... that's to me that's dubious because you're you're doing more than like teasing a game to get someone right. to buy it you are like, providing an alternative to buying the game right like there's a difference between like what PewDiePie what we do does. here, where we talk about a game, we'll talk about it, or like what minutes. PewDiePie does, where he plays the game, or people like in, of that mold plays the game and talks about it, reacts to it, but he doesn't play For the like whole thing minutes. in front of you. Yeah, yeah, like he plays like the game, he finds the funny stuff and he shares mm -hmm. it with you, and that may convince you to buy it. But and like I don't also, I also don't there and play all forty right. hours of a game. You're not convincing anyone to buy anything. No. And there's like, a case by case thing we made. Like, look, if you're doing a long play of like a point and click adventure game from 1997 like who gives a shit like right. you know that the, that no game, monetary value left in the yeah, game that game made its money long ago and, yeah. but if you're like you know, it's like i got watchdogs legion and i'm going to play the whole thing on stream and never say anything the whole time like yeah i can see why you'd want to take that down that's that's not a transformative work that's it's not, not and any kind of editorializing happening it's not any you know it's not you're not there to see the personality of the person who's streaming it. You're there to see. You're the, there to not the have to pay to, to play the game. That's what right. you're there for. And you're right. Like some people are more entertaining, and they do add context to stuff, and they do create transformative works. But the vast majority of them don't. Like mm -hmm. they're just putting stuff up, hoping they get ad views, hoping they can get over ten thousand views so they can start running ads on their channel. Like it's. So I can understand arguments from both sides, but the bottom line is that it's never going to happen because of exactly what Matt said, because the publishers have to bring the lawsuits. And just watching the backlash from these tweets, that was enough for the publishers to see, to be like, oh no. In fact, as soon as like it all died down, Google and Stadia came out and said, we do not agree with him at all. <laughs> Those are all his opinions. Don't attach us to him. So yeah, it is never going to happen. Just seeing 
Google's response, like trying to separate itself as much from him as possible, no publisher is going to sign up for that. So it's never going to happen. Um, but I do think that the arguments that are being made by a lot of YouTubers and streamers are straw man arguments that really have no basis in fact mm. or any real muscle. Um, but at the same time, I can understand some of their perspectives if they are the people who work really. And some of them do work their asses off on this stuff. Like PewDiePie. He works hard on his stuff, man. He has a really good editor working on his stuff. I totally get those folks. And they should have the right to work with the footage. People who are just like, I'm going to you know, boot up my capture device and record all 60 hours of Final Fantasy 15 and then spend a week uploading them. Those people, to me, they really are taking money out of the pockets of developers. And the only purpose <laughs> they're really serving is to keep people from having to pay to buy video games. So I get... Both arguments, but at the end of the day, it's not going to make a difference because publishers are just going to completely balk at ever implementing it. Any final yeah. words on that, Matt? Not really. I just, I guess we appreciate Alex for being the first penguin in the water on that one. But, uh, <laughs> he, def he definitely got the business end of the Twitter leopard seal on that he one. He sure did. Absolutely. Um, next up, we're going to talk about really the only game that either one of us played this week, although that's going to change very soon, or at least the only game that we could talk about. Mm. Um, and Matt has been playing Transformers Battlegrounds. Mm. It is, as everybody is describing it, XCOM with a Transformers paint job. Is that unfair to the game, Matt? It's a little generous. Generous? <laughs> <the> game, <laughs> okay. Like, not, I thought uh, you were going to say, well, it doesn't tell the whole story. <laughs> it doesn't tell the whole story in the sense that it's like, Baby's first XCOM. Yeah, maybe. Is it like, like so? It's like a simplified. It's simple. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's got a lot of the same stuff there, but like, um, what is simplified? That's probably. It's, what it's just very. It's it's a lot more um, generous with things like the way it works is it's a and things like that. Yeah, it's very. I mean, I haven't come close to getting any of my guys killed at all. Is uh, it's there very death? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. It's, it's I'm very hand if you said that they they nerfed it, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it's very, there's nothing like that. There's no handholdy stuff. There's very minimal. Uh, there are upgrades for the characters, but they're minimal. Like you are not controlling how these things characters evolve. They don't level up, anything like that. Um, they uh, the way it works is so it is it's your standard. You're, what you're seeing here is like you. It's bizarre. You play a, a human who is found in the middle of this city invasion and they the, the Teletran X, the floating computer, picks you up and holds you above the battlefield. And that is the explanation for what's happening in the game. Is no, you're I being, saw it. You're being like held <laughs> over the battlefield and telling the Transformers where to go and what to do, uh, which it seems like a very unnecessary conceit, but okay, here we are. Um, and you basically, the prologue stuff starts you out in these cities and these desert areas and you go through and it introduces you to all the basic ability so the way the basic way it works is, is that you know it's a top-down you know turn-based game uh you have three action points per turn per bot and uh you can use that that action point to an action point to uh shoot you can attack once per turn uh and you can use them to move uh so you can you can use up all three to move or you can use only two to move or you can use one to move that just determines how far you can go if you use all three to move you will transform into your alternate mode and drive there um and then it, and <laughs> then cool. uh and then you have the sh your basic attack and then you have um uh like a signature attack more of a special attack and the way that they, in that special attack has three levels and you can choose to spend one two or three action points on which on each level so they get more powerful and have better effects the more action points you spend. They also sometimes change the range. 
So like the 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 one point one might be like a long distance one, but it doesn't do a lot of damage. The mid the the two one like gives you a little less range, but has more effects. And the third level one is like maybe only a square around the character, but does a lot of damage. Uh, and that varies by character. Some some the level three one has a huge range, and you can do more stuff, but then you're left in a more vulnerable situation. So it's um, not too simple. It's not it's too not, simple, but like but it's simpler than XCOM. It's yeah. you know it's more XCOM more forgiving. gets pretty deep with, yeah. when you start getting towards the end of the game. Like, and um and there's like cover like if you're behind uh like a, a building and you can you can attack from around the corner and they'll jump out and shoot and then like you'll hide back. One of the most common things to do is probably you you move to into range and you use an attack basic attack and shoot the guy and then you use the last action point to hide yourself behind cover. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a little out, change shoot. Pretty much. Pop pop and stop, more or less. Uh, And then once you know you've got them on the ropes, you can all throw people out, pull out and like use everything. And then the other thing uh, you see, this is the first mission. So you'll see like the the bar on the left side there says Energon is locked. So once you unlock that a few missions in, that fills up with Energon over the course of uh, the game. Of course, like anything you do fills it up. So moving, shooting, defeating enemies, or if you don't use up all your action points and you end the turn before you've used up all the action points with another character, all those unused action points will give you a little boost and fill that Energon meter. And the Energon meter handles super moves. So you have two super moves. You have you have uh, basically a single super move, different per character, uh, but there's one version that uses half the Energon bar and there's one version that uses the full Energon bar. And those are basically big screen clearing stuff. Like Grimlock does a huge, like, flame attack that can basically hit anything hit like anybody around you and like can probably kill just about any non-boss in one go uh whereas like bumblebee has a uh, his attack is like it makes you you basically have him drive past enemies and he shoots out these beams that like give them status effects usually root them to the ground and make them not able to attack the next turn so they're kind of delay effects so that's sort of what you're dealing with basically there's a bunch of different uh classes so bumblebee's a scout very maneuverable, hit, hits kind of light. The scouts eventually do get the classic XCOM Overwatch ability where you sort of, in fact, that replaces, after a few missions, that replaces their normal attack. So they can uh, no longer do a normal attack, like a standard shot, but uh-huh. you can you can Overwatch them wherever you want. And like you get two two scouts and they, you know, an enemy walks in, poof, like you're done. Like, <laughs> so those are solid. You got Brawlers, which is like Grimlock and Optimus Prime. How many and, Transformers are there, Matt? Do you know like, um, how many playable there are? I'm trying to, th- I don't know if I've gotten all of them yet. I think like uh, roughly twenty, including Decepticons, probably about twenty. Yeah. But the campaign, you only play Autobots. If you want to play Decepticons, you have to go into the the challenge mode, basically the mission. So you can't select. play the campaign from the perspective. No, of there is there is no Decepticon campaign. What about so the far. transforming? Now you mentioned that when you move, like Bumblebee, will turn into his card. He'll drive to like his new mm. spot. But what about like, like when you know some transformers transform into weapons that then the other transformer can use? Um, uh, no, you know, all that like, kind of stuff. No, nothing like that. Tra- the, the transformations are not under your control, uh, at least from every, everything I've used so far. Okay. Um, they're used like, like you saw it right there was the guy turned into the into the um, the plane. Mm-hmm. Characters that turn into flying vehicles can fly over houses and over obstacles, so they don't have to go around things. So you can uh-huh. use that. Like that's a very good hit and run thing. Like you fly over the house, land, shoot the guy, fly back fly over back the house, over. and yeah. there's no way they'd be able to get around and hit you from the other side of the house because they can't climb because they turn into a car. Gotcha. Um, that's about it. 
Um, and then, like, there's like characters. There's a lot of cinematics in this. Like, even the attacks. Like, one thing I like about XCOM is, like, when you go for your attacks, they'll do, like, these really dramatic, like, close-up angles. Oh, really? It looks do, like the attacks um, in this is just they happen, like, in real time. There, and There are yeah. cinematic angles when you defeat someone. And certainly okay. when you when you shoot, like, when you defeat the last enemy, you'll get something like that. Um, there are cut scenes where they talk to each other. It is, it's based on um, Cyberverse, which is the uh, current current cartoon that is more targeted towards like preschool kids, yeah. like younger kids. Um, I had never seen it before, so I was, I was. This was some of this was new to me. You haven't seen a Transformers cartoon. Transformers cartoons are generally terrible. Yeah, um, I so I, I gave Even up. The old ones are really terrible when you watch them now. Yeah, Transformers Prime uh, was the last one I bothered to really watch, and then they switched to this Cyberverse thing. This is still in the same continuity as Prime, I believe, but it's very is very much younger skewing. Like, there's not much here for someone who wants to watch that's. Uh, who is over the age of like six? So, was there anything um, here for you? Did you enjoy? Uh, Story wise, I mean, I was interested in the uh, one of the things that struck me uh, is that how many female characters there are now. Um, most of the Decepticons are girls. Huh. Um, Acid they made them Storm, the bad guys, though. <laughs> uh, some of them, like Windblade. Windblade's in it. An RC. Those are two female Autobots. Um, you've got. Uh, um, Shadow Striker, uh, uh, Acid Storm, and uh, Slipstream are all female Decepticons. Well, I mean, uh, they're just, it's just a voice. Voice <laughs> and, a, and a look. <laughs> voice and a look. But, here, right. but actually, here's. But otherwise, the, um, really, there's no difference. I mean, it's a difference if you're a girl and you're trying to watch Transformers and, no, and nobody sounds you like you. You can't relate to them, yeah. Um, I so understand why they do it. it so does. it's good to me. Also, a little more variety in, in kind of body type on these characters is good. Yeah. But here's where you kind of run into a weird thing. So, um, Shadow Striker is is female, and she turns into like a car. And uh, Slipstream is female; she turns into a jet. A lot of the generic, and there's a bunch of generics. There's a bunch of generic uh, Decepticons you'll fight because you can't always be fighting named guys, right? right? A lot of the the generic scouts they use, like the planes and the cars, are using the female character model. But the voice is like a standard grunt dude guy. So, so, trans so there's like so there's, there's transformers. Like, sort of. There's a, so there's like like characters with a character profile pop up, and they've clearly got like lipstick on, and they're like like we're gonna get you, Bumblebee. And I was like, okay, that's very progressive, I guess. I can't believe I didn't um, get a laugh out of you over transformers. You, you, this may, I, I, I don't want to shock it's like you. It's one of the best jokes I've cracked on this show. Like I don't want to shock you, but that is not a new joke to a Transformers oh, fan. To me, it is. <laughs> no. In fact, there were literally trans characters in the most recent comic series. Oh, really? Oh, uh, that okay. was a thing. I, I um, can understand it now. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, back in the 90s, uh, people tended to refer to the fans of, of the franchise as trans fans, which is not used anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, so that was, but it's just like weird because like the thing to me is like, oh, is this, oh, they're trying to be, like, no, they just didn't want to build another character model. Like the only jet that has a character model and a portrait that doesn't have the female face is Starscream because he's right. Starscream. And, yeah. and it's just like, there's a, there's a little bit of, and so to me, I'm like, okay, that's, that sort of tells you where you're coming from in this game. There's a little, there's some corner cutting that is real, ob cost, cost cutting that's real obvious in that regard, which is a little disappointing. Um, especially because there's like little touches that are a little more like, like what you saw there. Like the, there's a lot of creative ways they transform mm -hmm. uh, when they do it. Like they'll come up, do a handstand, spin around, jump on, you know, jump up. And like there's some verve to it, but it's just it really feels like it was originally going to be like a mobile game. 
So and it looks like it is a mobile game. I mean, yeah, it it's, probably is going to come to mobile someday. <laughs> it wouldn't it's surprise not, me. I mean, yeah. there are no, there aren't really microtransactions. There's no oh, gotcha. Oh, it's not coming to mobile. Anything. Um, <laughs> the only, tra- the only like microtransactions are like character skins, uh, which okay. all come with the pre-order if you bought the deluxe version, I think. Um, but I haven't changed anybody's skin. I mean, the skins are. It's like you have all. They're all gold, or they have like Tron lighting on them. It's, it's nothing particularly exciting it's not like some of the older games where like you could have characters like become other characters through the skins kind of thing yeah um so i've been enjoying it you're saying it's targeted towards kids but if you still as an adult managed to enjoy spending time with it um i mean if i didn't already like transformers i would probably not yeah be going <laughs> still. like it's it's fine like there's some interesting things about it because i don't know anything about cyberverse so <coughs> sorry so there's like moments like, like I did not know, like this mission is you're rescuing Grimlock. Grimlock is covered in debris and you have to kill every, all the Decepticons and get to them and uh, rescue Grimlock. And then Grimlock joins your team and you can use him in subsequent missions. Um, but I did not, because, and of course Grimlock is the T-Rex and he's sort of like, oh, me Grimlock trapped. Like that kind yeah. of thing. What I didn't know is that in Cyberverse, when he turns into a, a, a when he's a dinosaur, He's the usual old Grimlock, like me Grimlock thing. When yeah. he turns into a robot, he's like an erudite Ivy League scholar. Oh, really? He which I think like is very person. funny. <laughs> like he, tr- like they rescue him and he turns into a robot. He's like, it's like comrades, thank you for getting me out of that in- incorrigible oh, predicament. I'm like, okay, that's good. I like that. Like that's a pretty cool way to do that character. That after he's been done the same for like 40 years. Um, so there's little things like that, but that's obviously not the game. That is the cartoon series being transposed into the game. And it seems to use all the same voices, all of all the real voices. So that's cool. It'd be like a fun thing to, a fun way to introduce like my nephew into real That was my next question. Games. Is this like the Trojan horse to get your like young it could be, relatives yeah. into Transformers? Yeah. Although I would argue that a lot of kids growing up today are not strangers to this kind of game just by virtue of how many mobile games use this kind of system. Because <laughs> all they do is you know. play mobile games. It's insane. Um, so yeah. Is, I, I do not think is, I'll give this a go. How much was it, Matt? It was. Like forty bucks. Oh, like big it's bag. crazy. It was. <laughs> That's not happening. It was. It's. It's way too much That's for what it much. is, and it's yeah. not a very long campaign. Uh, How long did it take you to finish it? I haven't finished it, but like judging by the percentage, it's going to take maybe six hours. Wow. Um, yeah. It's not a lot there, but you can go into missions and like there's a bunch of optional stuff to play and you can build your own team and play as the Decepticons and kind of mess with that. But the Decepticons are not as divided by class. Like you can't make as interesting a team. Uh, right. And it's, but uh, otherwise it's just sort of like, okay, I mean, it's fine. It's, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't suggest that anyone buy it. It's, it's not broken, but not it's broken. Not it does and what it does, but, but put it this way. It's exactly what you're looking at. Okay. Like whatever you're looking at, what you're looking at this footage right now, and you're thinking like, you know, and here's you're about to see like, like uh, this is a. By the way, blades. this footage is from the Switch version. Um, just as a heads I, up. there would be no way for me to tell that. Yeah, <laughs> it all looks. I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing on an Xbox. It looks exactly the same. Okay. Like, there's no. Just wanted difference. to mention that for people who may be wondering. Um, it's just uh, so yeah. Like what you're looking at right here is exactly what you get. It is a rudimentary real, uh, turn-based strategy game um, in the XCOM flavor with Transformers in it from a version of Transformers that you have probably never seen unless you have a young kid who watches Cyberverse. Yep. And um, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but uh, it costs way too much for what it is. 
So if you want it, you decide. Yeah. <laughs> All right, is, this is not more than meets the eye. It is exactly <laughs> what you see. Exactly what meets the eye. That's perfect. Wow, we got two good phrases in that one topic there, Matt. Uh, next up, our last topic for episode 234. Uh, today, out of nowhere, Nintendo decided to drop a Nintendo Direct Mini out of nowhere. There was no heads up about it. There was no promotion about it. No press release sent about it. In fact, I just woke up today and looked in my inbox and there it was. And all the information was cascading across the internet. Um, A pleasant surprise, although some people may not be too happy to learn that it was the last Nintendo Direct for 2020. We still Mm -hmm. got some time left here in the year. But well, they said the it's, it's, they say it's their last uh, partner showcase. Oh, I thought they, they did, said they, it was their last direct. No, they said it's their last like partner showcase. Oh, they, so the they last third party thing. For they you. definitely use the wording of that type of direct. Oh, it's okay. our last like partner showcase mini so direct, direct mini or whatever. Gotcha. So there might be another full direct coming. Okay, well, that's encouraging. Uh, I so, thought it was done. So no, I definitely so. noticed they chose their words carefully at the end of it. Like okay, so I think I think uh, we might get one more. But I don't know who knows. They, so show, they showed a lot today in this. Like this, I, I felt like it was a big they, one. They, they laid out the first part of 2021. Yeah, pretty, it probably pretty... shouldn't have been called a mini. I mean, this was actually a pretty big event with a lot of games. And as we mentioned, all third party stuff. There was. Yeah, my guess is that they don't feel comfortable calling something a non mini until there's new Breath of the Wild 2. That could be. They want people to get their attention drawn to it. I could understand that for sure. Um, They did talk about one uh, first-party game, but we'll get to that. But for the most part, it was all third-party stuff. Uh, The first game that they focused on was Bravely Default 2. Uh, Bravely Default was a JRPG that really went kind of beyond cult following. It ended up becoming like a legitimate hit. but on it is th- very three DS. Yep, it was a three DS game. Uh, this game has been delayed. It was supposed to be released already, and it actually was just delayed again today with this announcement. It is now scheduled for February twenty fifth of next year. Um, and these J- these JRPGs in from this studio are generally pretty big. Um, and I will say this: the production values in this just destroy. The production values from the first Bravely Default. Again, it was on 3DS, so there's only so much you can do there. While still maintaining the style, I would argue, from mm-hmm. the 3DS version or the first. Yeah, one. for sure. I mean, the style is there, and like you know, this. I'm sure there are people that will kind of dismiss it for that. But like when you look at like the the texture work's actually pretty good. Like there's you know, even like you can, there's like a close up of one of the characters like with his gloves, and like there's like, you can see all the stitch right there. You can see all the stitching yeah, and everything yeah. on them. Like there, there's detail in here. It's just they're going for a certain look. Well, yeah, I think established the look on a handheld, and yeah. now they're trying to carry the aesthetic forward on a platform where people expect something different. Um, but it seems like they've realized the art style pretty well. Like you said, technically it's okay. It's not gonna burn down your television yeah. or anything. I mean, there was a moment where I'm like, wait, is this the Crystal Chronicles remake? Like, yeah, it does look a lot sure. like it. That same kind of dewdrop-shaped head, like, mm-hmm. character art style. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, but that's coming in February, so that's something to kind of look forward to. Yeah. Uh, and there's a demo, I think. In the year. They um, did a demo already, yeah. Yeah, they already did a demo for that game. Um, and here comes the stuff that I have been alluding to pretty much all episode long, when I kept saying, we'll get to that later, we'll get to that later. Well, this is what I was talking about. So... Hitman 3 and Control are both coming to Switch, but it's a catch. They are cloud gaming versions of the game. So you guys may remember last year in Japan, Assassin's Creed Odyssey was released for the Switch as a cloud streaming game. 
And then it never came here. Well, that is changing. And I mean, if they can make Hitman 3 in control, run on Switch with streaming, any game can now be sold and purchased on Switch. It's pretty crazy, Matt. Um, I'm surprised it took it, well, them this long. Well, to, I'm kind of like, I'm still, I mean, I guess Control's out today. Yes, yeah, um, But I am still interested to see how well this works because it's interesting to me that they are doing these two games to start this with, uh, kind of worldwide, um, yeah. because Control and Hitman require some real precise stuff. They do. At times. Yeah. And I'm interested to see if that can really be worked with this Whose tech is this, Matt? That's my question. I don't know. Where are they licensing like tech from like G4 from NVIDIA or from like how are they did they just create their own streaming platform out of nowhere? Like that seems very un, un Nintendo. Right. And so who handled like Assassin's Creed Odyssey in Japan last year? Like, where is this tech coming from? Is my question. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they could have built something themselves to try to, but why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just release a more powerful console if you're Nintendo? Like, so I don't see Nintendo building this. So maybe they license something from Stadia. I don't know. It's really, I would love to know the nuts and bolts of how this deal is happening, to be honest with you. But yeah, regardless, if you're a Switch owner, you should be leaving the stream right now and going out in the street and just getting your groove on because this is huge. This means that potentially you could play pretty much any game on Switch. So earlier, I don't know if it was Matt or someone in chat was talking about Cyberpunk on Switch. Before today, that idea sounded completely absurd. But now it, mm. it, it may suck to play it that way, but you could conceivably play Cyberpunk 2077 on Switch. But it's remember... This is latency. just like Stadia. Yeah, there's if, latency. But I don't just—I don't just mean latency. I mean it's just like Stadia because if something happens and this service goes away, your game goes away. I do wonder how that works with Nintendo, though. If you're buying the game from Nintendo, how would they? Would they maybe refund your money? Do you think? I don't know. That doesn't they sound might. like Nintendo. Nintendo I don't, might. Maybe. I mean, I don't know if Nintendo's directly involved in right. selling that's these like the big two question. games. Yeah, and if that's if they're um, not, then they're not even on the hook. This this they has the this has these have the exact same problem potential to just go away one day, and yeah. you paid full it's price true. for them. It's so. true. But you know what? I think some people, if they only owned a Switch, would be willing to take that risk to play a game like cyberpunk 2077 on launch day on their nintendo platform i guess i just who cares that much about cyberpunk 2077 but doesn't own any other systems like yeah. it's just such a weird niche audience to me like I it's better than not having it but like yeah. control is ancient at this point well it's and like a year old it's a year over a year old and you're gonna have next gen versions of it i assume this will be 3 is still not even out Hitman 3 so is not out but like value in that for sure Unless you'd rather just own the game. I mean, I think more are going like, to come. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, early next year, like, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is... Oh, sure. But I'm. it's still right there in that same thing. It's like, you aren't going to own this game yeah. you paid for. You're taking for. a risk for sure. But, Matt, I can guarantee you a lot of people who only own a Switch will be like, I'll take that risk. Like, if I can play Valhalla now and I don't have to spend, you know, $300, $400 to buy a console to play mm -hmm. it, I'll do it. Um and I think also because it is Nintendo, and maybe I'm misguided in thinking this, but if I were to buy, I would say this. I would try to, if you can, buy the digital version from the eShop because that's how you get Nintendo on the hook, <laughs> is if you're buying it from their eShop. Um, so that might 
make Nintendo a little more responsible for what happens with the game going forward. So, but Maybe, you're right. But they're it's also like they're also super happy to just sell you the same game again next gen. That's so. true. <laughs> that is true. That's a good point. I don't know how many times I bought a digital version of those stupid classic games. That like, is a good point. I should have definitely brought up, I, and I failed to do so. Um. So anyway, that's a big deal, though. Regardless, if you're a Switch owner and you only own a Switch, that is a gigantic deal. And this is just like the first volley. Um. This is something that could conceivably just keep happening. You could get every big third-party game on Switch going forward. I guarantee um, all these publishers are going to look at how Hitman 3 and Control roll out. And if they roll out well and people don't complain, it's going to be the gold rush all over again. So this has... This and, and let me also, But also let me address like one thing that was said in the chat by Ultimate Villain that any digital game can just go away if it's not downloaded already. You can't download this. There is no way to not make it go away. Like there is no contingency for that. You never own a single thing of this game if you buy it on Switch. You are yeah. buying air. It's yeah. nothing. There's no way around it. Arabus that is, is, that is my problem. With it. I don't know. My assumption is that it's full price that you're going to. Yeah, pay I, I figure these have to be whatever they're charging on the other platforms. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I really think they're going to be fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, unless um, I mean I don't remember what controls new version is like the now that they they relaunched the thing it with like all the dlc in it like i don't know i don't remember if it's full price or not they, they do not mention price in the nintendo press release that they said yeah. well, apparently there's a demo for control so uh, okay. if you want to see how it Check works it i assume you can do that that's a good way to approach it too is like look if people are nervous that this may not work it may play like crap yeah. let's let I them mean, play let, it for a little i mean they say when the thing comes up in the direct both of them have the things as high constant high speed internet connection required i mean in much larger print than the oculus tells you you need a <laughs> facebook account yeah um so they well, you know, it's, it's right Nintendo. up there it's right up there in yeah. in your face to say like yeah this is and that's how i knew what they were showing because i'm like are they putting hitman on this like because i was super impressed for a second that it looked like that and then it said you know super high speed Screaming, internet yeah. like oh it's the cloud they're finally getting around to doing that thing they did with odyssey yeah um I'm surprised Odyssey isn't one of these. I know. Why wouldn't they just put it out now? Like, even though it's a year old, why not? Because everyone's going to be playing Valhalla. Like, maybe they are. Maybe that's it. Maybe Yubi doesn't want to divide attention or something. But I, maybe, bet, I, bet you'll, I bet you'll see Odyssey come come to this, like, in, like, January or February or something. Yep. In the very near future. Now that they've greenlit it in the West, like, why wouldn't you? If you're Ubisoft, yeah. you'd be a fool. It's free money. Why not? Um, so that's big news. Um, and then the rest of the whole thing was pretty much dedicated to... The No More Heroes franchise, uh, which I have not been a gigantic fan of in the past. Like, I respect it uh, for how odd and strange it is. And I know it's not easy to make things that weird because I have strived my entire life to create weird things. And I have never done anything as weird as No More Heroes. So it definitely takes some skill, uh, some unique perspectives on things to create games like this. But ultimately, for me, as someone who really kind of gravitates towards interaction and gameplay that is where this franchise has kind of fallen short in the past uh the first one was released for wii um the first and second were released for wii mm -hmm. and then there was a hiatus and now no more heroes 3 is coming to switch and we've been waiting quite a while for this game and we finally got a gameplay trailer for it so we can actually see how the game plays um and it's still not coming until 2021 not only that they didn't give us a hard date in 2021. They just said the year, which means that it's probably not anywhere near complete. Um, no, and you should be ready for Q1 2022, probably. Yes. Um, Suda51, who creates these games, he has his 
Fingers on a lot of pies these days. He's working on a lot mm -hmm. of different stuff. He's been working on like reviving his old games like the Silver Case and he's just a busy dude. It just does not appear that this game has been his number one priority. Um, but now that they have at least a somewhat concrete date, maybe that'll change. Um, do you see anything in No More Heroes 3 that makes you think you may like it more than the prior two games? Uh, not yet. Like I, I love the first game. First game is one of my favorite games of that generation. Um, the second one, the second one, I thought the tone was off. The first game, I think, knows that Travis Touchdown is an idiot, right? Uh, and not someone to be to be emulated or to be admired. Right. And the second game doesn't seem to know. Yeah, that. they seem to take him like seriously. And I have a fear that this third game, it it appears to be taking that tact with him as well. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It'd be hard to tell until you actually play it, I think, or see more of it. Um, but I was very turned off by the by the tone of two. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like it it started believing its own bullshit a little too much, and it it just became an unpleasant thing. Um, that said, uh, I did buy both of them today um, oh, on so Switch. You just segue nicely to what's next, which is that mm -hmm. those first two games were released today. Yeah, complete shadow drop on the Switch eShop. The first two No More Heroes games. Because mm -hmm. there is a, I like the first one has a pleasantly sleazy aspect to it. Like it feels like something you shouldn't be playing. Well, because like, basically what it does is it lets you do stuff with the Wii remote that you always crack jokes about. You're right. always like, oh yeah, there's gonna be like a jerk off simulator. Well, like and here it is in the game. Here it is. Like it basically gave in to like every dark urge that people had with the Wii remote. And I think it was almost cathartic in some ways to play it for some people. Mm -hmm. And like it's. It's interesting. Like, I'm not a fan of Waggle, um, obviously, uh, but I do think that this game, having played this game on PS3, because they did a PS3 port of it, I do feel like it loses something without it. Yeah. Like, for there's sure. something about this. It's one of the few games, I think, that really took the Waggle thing and made it its own and made it part of what, the appeal somehow. Um, in part, because it was a, is a kind of a, a more of a generalized thing, and it actually did a pretty good job of replicating what you were doing with the Wii mode with as to like what's going on on the screen. Yep. Um, it's a fairly simple game in a lot of ways. Like there's, there's it's, it's, you're kind of there to see what the next gag is as yeah. much as anything else. Um, and I also appreciated the first game's uh, meta parody of uh, open world stuff. Yeah, which I is mean, where they kind of it's very smart. I just they intentionally made much. they intentionally made an incredibly boring, tedious <laughs> open world that I thought was very funny. Like I didn't, As I didn't actually end up completing a lot of it. Game in it, yeah. yeah. There's a point which is like, nope, you need enough enough money to get to the next thing. So that means you got to mow lawns for an hour, and I'm just like, yeah. that's. <laughs> irritating but that's also pretty funny but yeah. it's not as funny because i'm the one that has to mow the lawn um yeah. but uh it's got a verve to it and the second one i think uh the second one felt a little too zack snydery to me but i'll give it another chance uh the price was right they're like 17 bucks uh, for today. both or a piece a piece okay but i think they're 20 number. Number. how does that relate to the game in some way <laughs> it doesn't i think they're, they're they're i think they're normally 20 and they were they're discounted for launch oh just for because it's today yeah. or so i think they're like 17.99 for the first week or something yeah that's probably about where they should be priced yeah it feels about right certainly yeah. for the first that's the first one's absolutely worth that no yeah. question second one Second yeah. one, I mean, you know, I'm I am also a big fa fan of supporting Suda Fifty One. Like, yeah, I really why like, not? You should. Even when I don't like what he makes, I really like you what he makes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Just like, his tone and everything, his attitude, yeah. all of it. I get it totally. I'm I, I like him as well. Uh, let's see. And then the final 
thing from the direct today uh, was the one game I mentioned earlier. This is the first party game they talked about. Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. There is a. Well, we're demo. not going to talk about the UFO moving simulator. No, no. <laughs> I was like, no. you're closing with this, really? Please. Okay, you got one more thing. All right, fuck, Jesus. No, it's Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. There's a Part-time demo. UFO. A, yeah, there's a demo live right mm-hmm. now on the eShop if you want to give that a go. So that's all the information that came from the mini direct. And then one other kind of little thing that floated around Nintendo Land this week was that the rumored Switch Pro that's supposed to come out next year, the more powerful Switch, is going to have a mini LED screen. Uh, I didn't even really want to mention that on the show because it does not come from a crazy reliable source. Uh, but we do like to let you guys know what's kind of floating out in the ether there. And that is one of the things that was out there this week is that the screen is going to get a drastic upgrade. It's not an OLED screen. It's kind of a half step in between. Um, but it still kind of works the same way in that each, each pixel is always on or off. Uh, so that should help um, with brightness and contrast and things like that on the screen. So just the rumors that are uh, making the rounds out there uh, right now. And uh, we want to keep you abreast of everything that's going on for all the big platforms. All right. It's time to get into some Q&A. And some of you guys are already firing off the questions. I saw somebody earlier ask me a question about whether I was like, what was? What did he call me? <laughs> a pretentious bully. Why does Shane sound like a pretentious bully? That was the first question that was asked. <laughs> Maybe you can explain that. I don't know. What, why is, it, what is a pretentious bully? Those two words are, don't really go together for me. I don't know. Maybe someone else can explain. Uh, is that like, like when like an Ivy League guy like is a jerk to you at crew practice <laughs> or something? Like, is it, it stuffs you in the locker. I don't know. Like you don't you don't, you don't have your your sweater tied around your you neck this. properly. I, am, like, I will tell you this. I am probably the least pretentious person that you've ever met. Have you seen my hair? Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was gonna say you could probably stand a little more pretentiousness sometimes. <laughs> exactly. That is definitely not me. Um, it's funny though how like you're perceived to people. And I will say this, like I have a really big problem with like my real person, like coming through in shows. I don't know what it is. Like when people watch me and what they say about me, I'm always like, that is literally like the exact opposite of who I am and my personality. I don't know what it is. Like, I, I guess I become a different person whenever I go on camera. I don't know what it is. Um, here's one from ETH Demon. Reminder that it may be called Bravely Second, but it's the third game. Good point. Um, and Ethan also says Control has a demo on Switch too. Thanks for the heads up. Um, let's see. Vincent says the company that comes up at the beginning is I think he maybe trying about to the, who did the streaming. Yeah, he says it says Ubitus, but I think he was trying to type Ubisoft. So maybe it's Ubis Tech, and they've just licensed it under this shadow company called Ubitus. I don't know. But it looks like Ubisoft is involved in somehow or some way. Um, Super Cordon Blue. First off, great show. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Uh, the first one I'd be able to catch in a long time. Man, COVID times, we're all just doing what we can. It's just the way it is. Uh, question, do you think Microsoft will finally get into VR with the new gen of Xbox? I need Cyberpunk in VR. There's been some rumblings um, that Microsoft has been fiddling around with it. Apparently, somebody found some like leftover code and something that seemed to hint that Microsoft has been dabbling with VR a lot more than people suspected they have. And a lot more than Microsoft has been leading on is maybe the better way to put it. So there's a chance, but do you think it's going to happen, Matt? Um, I don't know. Uh, like, I don't think they'll make their own HMD. If you're asking, no. are they going to make their own helmet? No way. 
I think they'll ju they'll just open up compatibility right. at best. The only thing that's going to happen is either they'll make either the Vive or the Rift work with Xbox Series X, but yeah. I do not see Xbox releasing a No, they, I don't think they have any interest in that. Also, Ubitus is an actual game cloud service. Uh, if you go to ubitus.net, oh, okay. ubitus oh, okay. uh, it's I never a, heard of it. It's, so there's another one I never even heard of. <laughs> literally call Ubitus, enrich your cloud, unleash the potential of your gaming business. And basically it looks wow. like it's a third party solution for like, take your game, give it to them. They'll put it in a cloud solution and you can so, play it. So basically Nintendo Googled. <laughs> <laughs> we get cloud it, games on Switch. Sort of. I mean, and then they're like, here's it's like, why? Wow, did Pactor write this? Why cloud gaming? It is disruptive and inevitable. <laughs> uh, so I think there's your answer. I think um, no on hardware, but they may crack open uh, their operating system to make it work with some of the existing VR helmets. Yeah, there's no reason to, to squeeze that out if you don't. You know, if you don't, have to, it doesn't cost you anything. If you're not really. going to do it right, then don't effing do it. That yeah. is one thing I can tell you with VR. <laughs> uh, next from ETH Demon, do you two still think next gen is still too early given the, re the reason appears to be Cyberpunk being delayed because of the PS4 and Xbox One versions running badly? I, for one, can't wait for SSDs to be standard as a side note. Um, I think maybe you're misconstruing us. We're not saying next gen is too early because the games are going to look better on last gen. We're saying next gen is too early because these other machines still have a lot of juice and the software isn't really mm -hmm. ready for next gen yet. It's not a hardware games can or cannot run on them properly question. It's just more that there's not really software for them yet and there's still some life left in these old machines. Yeah, and I don't think one game having trouble optimizing on current gen is really the proof that we all need to spend half a grand on a new <laughs> game console this year. Like it's, it's yeah. cyber. And also like it's, it's CD project red, like Witcher three didn't run too well either. Like, at, you know, like yeah, it's, true. This, it's an issue. Like they've had, you know, they have launch issues, this company all the time, every, you know, Witcher one and two both had to have enhanced editions to fix the problems that they had when they launched on PC. Um, and then we're a double whammy with new consoles launching. Oh, yeah, that's game. a huge thing. Witcher, th <laughs> yeah. Witcher three still doesn't really run right on the vanilla PS4. Like it's yeah, you know, it's no, there's still issues. Yeah, and it still runs like crap on the OG Xbox One. Yeah, and it might you know who knows it's using the same engine I believe it's a red engine. It might well, I'll be tell a, you this: playing Watch Dogs Legion on that OBX, OG Xbox One is yeah. a real eye opener this week. I mean, certainly it would have been long past time for new consoles if they'd never done the Pro and and Xbox One X for freshes well then the funny thing was like literally like a couple hours later i get an email from them and they're like okay we have you have a Assassin's creed valhalla review code coming if we don't hear from you you're getting xbox code and i was <laughs> like oh no <laughs> it's like reply reply i was like no please give me ps4 and i got in early enough on that one that i am getting ps4 code for that one so anyway just a funny anecdote mm -hmm. uh i got i went to xbox for watchdogs so Okay. Because I figure I got to play it before next gen. I was just trying gen, to so. figure out the time. Like, honestly, yeah. like the way the timing's working out with the two consoles. Well, you like, don't have a One X, right? So No, I have to play yeah. the, on so the that makes more sense. Xbox. It's so bad. So I have the One X, so I'm like, well, of the ones I have, I'd rather play it on that, and I'll just yeah. transfer over to the Series totally X, and that'll be the end of that. I will say um, this, though. Gears 5 still looks stunning on that old OG mm. Xbox One. I don't know what they did to make that game look that good, but they did it. They well, had some The magic first party there. magic is a, is a real thing. It really for is. All, for all three of them, really. Yeah. 
Uh, from Justin Horman, is there another time you can remember when a gaming company leaned into a meme as much as Xbox giving away Xbox refrigerators? Okay, you you lost me here because I don't know about the meme. I did see that Snoop Dogg and I Justine got those refrigerators or whatever. Mm-hmm. I did not know that it was a meme before that, though. Yeah, when the there? when they revealed the Series X, people like were doing Photoshop and uh, turned it into a refrigerator. I do remember that, but yeah, I did not connect those dots at all. That's pretty funny. I like yeah. that. I like when companies do that. Like, that's the best thing you can do is laugh. Yeah, it's also stuff. not, I mean, yeah, and, and Microsoft had a problem with that last gen because uh, they really didn't like the Xbone nickname. Yeah. Um, like the, the, when they announced the Xbox One <laughs> and, like, and the next day I was like, oh, I saw the Xbone. The and all the Microsoft people was like, yeah, we don't call it that. I'm like, really? Because if you presented that to me for, for in five minutes, I would have been calling it that. You didn't really see that. They didn't see it coming. And I was like, well, wow. And our admin. You, you need to ask way less mature people <laughs> about your game console names because now the Series X, you've just called it the Xbox X. So. Yep. We're back in the same saddle again, but uh, it's nice to see them sort of grow a sense of humor about it. Um, it's the only way to handle it, though. Yeah. Well, also because they, I think they realize like they have, you gotta go for broke on this one. Like they, they can only gain ground. So there's no, there's no reason to like take everything seriously and like treat it like a, a sacred brand. You gotta just like go crazy with it. Uh, and so that's fun. I mean, there's a, I mean, the other company I'd say that leans into the memes as well as they do is probably Naughty Dog. Who keeps doing, uh, keeps recreating existing GIF memes with like the Last of Us characters? Um, they did a, for the Last of Us Day that they did. Uh, they put out like, I think almost a dozen uh, recreations of of major um, online like GIF meme animated GIF memes with the Last of Us two characters, which were all you know, it was like. Um, like Joel doing like well that escalated quickly yeah. thing and yeah. and uh, Ellie doing the the blink thing like that's very yeah, that's very funny but uh, they, they, Microsoft definitely took this to a new level by making the object and <laughs> in reality so well, yeah. then they made like Snoop this awesome Xbox Series X birthday cake that was yeah. inside the fridge and then the real Xbox Series X sitting next to the cake inside the fridge that was pretty cool yeah that's and that's one X Series X that won't overheat. Yep, and they gave him like a bunch of like big Xbox chains, and it, they, it was smart. What they did was good. Um, I don't know about I Justine. I don't know if she was the right person to send the other one to, but whatever. Mm. Um, let's see. Ed Rock the Truth. Here's a good one. Couldn't Twitch integrate Amazon Music so that way streamers can still play music and record, comp- record companies can still get money from it? The problem is the people listening haven't paid for the license, the people watching the stream. Um, now you could, the license that you get from Amazon music doesn't give you a license to broadcast the music. Mm. You, that's the license for you to listen to the music. Um, so that license, sure you can listen to it, but then when you put it in a recording that other people are going to listen to, that's when it becomes illegal. So, and and broadcast rights for a song are in the thousands. It's ridiculous. It's absurd how much they like trying to use a song for like a commercial or in a film or in a TV show. Like we looked into it so many Mm -hmm. times at G4, it was never worth it. Oh yeah. The one time I, I've told the story before probably, the one time I got to license a known song for X play was the final episode. We did, um, don't you forget about me? Uh, and how much did you pay for it? Well, the well, first I he has two separate rights. There's the the rights to the song, and there's the rights to the recording of the song. So the song is like the melody and the lyrics, like the actual creative work, and then the rights to the recording is like which version of the song you're going to use. So obviously, uh, we wanted, you know, you want you you license the song, and then you want to license for us the version that they use. That you know, the famous 
80s hit, you know, like not a cover of it, not a different one. Yeah. You want the one that, you know, we want Simple Minds. You want the one that played at the, the end OG of Breakfast version, Club. Yeah. Yep. And um, so the, the rights, I think the rights to the, the song itself was like 3,000. And then when the recording rights, they wanted 33,000 for 30 seconds of the song. And I was like, that seems like a lot. And they're like, well, what, what do you get? I got, I'm like, I got the song rights for way less than that. And they're like, oh, what, what was that? I'm like, it was 3,000. Okay, you can, you, you can do that. And I'm like, how did I just knock 30 grand off the price? Like, well, no, no, more, normally people don't ask. Yeah. So that's how that works to some degree. If you are a major multi-million dollar film production and you want to license that song and they say $33,000, your film costs $33 million. Like paying 33 grand for the song rights is nothing. Like you yeah. don't care. But if you're like a third tier expanded cable network, that's like four <laughs> episodes. You, know? it's just like it's whole, that's, you, you can't spend that kind of money on, no. on, on 30 seconds of a song. I mean, they wouldn't I'm, do it at Viacom either if it makes you feel any better. I mean, to be, and to be, and, well, also like, MTV spike, they wouldn't do it either. Well, also, like, look, we were over. Like, the show was right, over. It, like, it was the last episode. We're like, can, can, we just, can we just blow it? You know, who's going to come after us for that? They're firing us anyway, right? So, yeah. That's it a good was, point. Um, but I'm yeah, surprised they didn't freeze the credit cards there for the last two weeks. <laughs> if you work in uh, if you work in production uh, for long enough, you know I've went through this on my own films as well. It's like you can you'd be surprised at the initial quote for something, and then you just like versus yeah, what you end up paying that. versus what like, <laughs> the people will come down way down because they want money at all. Little yeah. you know, some like, money is better than all the money. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this might be the last one. I think we're running out of time. Uh, from Swanland, what obscure horror film that we probably have never heard of should we watch for Halloween? Okay, I don't know if you want these recommendations from me because they may scar you for life. I'm not even exaggerating, but I have a list. Matt, do you have one off the top of your head before I share like four or five? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not a big horror person. I don't find horror movies very compelling most of the time, but I'd say my favorite horror movie of the last uh, 10 years or so is probably It Follows. Okay, it is great. That is really good. Um, and that would be on my list as well as one that I would recommend. It's not quite as depraved as some of the stuff I'm going to no, share with you. No, but it's it's disquieting and it's different. Yeah, it still makes you feel uncomfortable. Has, sure. And it has a nice. Uh, I I really like the set. They shot it outside of Detroit in Michigan, and uh, it as a result, it doesn't look like other horror movies because so many horror movies are shot down here in like you know the suburbs of Southern California, wherever, or like sometimes in Vancouver, like it. Like, it just doesn't look like any other movie in terms of setting, and I really like that. In addition to, I really like the themes and conceits of it and the kind of the premise and sort of how you can interpret what it's supposed to mean. Um, and it has a weird timelessness to it that like also has sort of a tribute to the old 80s slasher movies that I enjoy. Yep. Um, it's kind of a love it or hate it. Like, I know people, you know, I don't know anyone who's just okay with It Follows. Either you love that movie like I do, or you just despise it. can't imagine it. someone hating it, unless they just hated horror in general. I know, no, I know several people who are even big horror fans who just hated it, thought it was really, really stupid. Interesting. I really liked it. Um, I thought it was great. No, I, I really, I loved it. I That's saw it That's a good recommendation, times. for sure. And here comes some more. Um, so the first one I would recommend is Inside. It is from, like, eight or late aught. Um... And it is a movie about a pregnant woman who tries to survive a house invasion. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Again, all these picks, not for the squeamish. Some of this stuff is like the hardest of the hardcore, hard to watch stuff. Next up, Martyrs. Martyrs is a movie about people who are trying to figure out if the afterlife exists. And they... It's very organized, and the people who are trying to figure out if the afterlife exists, they perform 
experiments to try to figure out if the afterlife exists. And I'll just leave that one at that. Again, a very, very hard. And some people are like, oh, that sounds like Flatliners. No, (laughs) (laughs) it's not like Flatliners. (laughs) Um, The next one I'm going to recommend isn't really like a horror movie more than it's just really, really disturbing. And the reason I'm going to recommend it is it is scary and it will freak you out for Halloween. But one of my friends worked on it and that movie is called funny games. Oh, um, yeah. I don't even know how I mean, you that was on my, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, the remake, right? Yeah. 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 It, it's just also kind of a home invasion thing. It um, is, but it's like more family oriented. Yeah. But you don't want to give too much of it away. <laughs> nope. Um, no, fun, I no, funny games is a solid pick. Uh, yep. The other one, the other one, I think it's again sort of similar in the same way. It's not. I don't. I don't know if I call it horror, although it is horrifying. Um, climax, yeah. which is Gaspar Noe's most recent film yep. from last year. I um, mean, anything from him, you bet. Anything from him for carefully. sure. But this is the closest I would say to a straight up horror movie he's done in a while. It's probably his most accessible film. It's like his least intense film, but it's still like more than what most people are used to. And uh, it's basically about a, a dance troupe that basically is celebrating uh, completing their rehearsals for something. And the they have a party uh, in this sort of like isolated warehouse dance rehearsal space they have in the middle of a snowstorm. And uh, it goes poorly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but it's incredibly well shot. It's, it's like visually amazing, interesting stuff like it's cinematography. The cinematography is just uh, incredible the whole way. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous, horrible experience. Um, yeah. Like I, all his films. I, like most of his films. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And also put it this way. I saw that movie. I saw it was Jason Chung. Of course I did. Yep. Uh, at, a, at a 10 a.m. screening on a Sunday. <laughs> of and course you, you did with Jason Chung. And if you want to color the rest of a day, <laughs> go see Climax at 10 a.m. and oh, walk man. out of the Cinerama Dome into the bright sunlight on a, on a nice spring day and just be like, now what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then my uh, final recommendation is a movie called In My Skin. And it is a movie about a woman who has an accident that disfigures her a bit and she becomes obsessed with it. And that's all I'm going to say about that one. So we just handed you five or six yeah. really so good horror films. You should like, try to list the titles again. Um, so I said It Follows and Climax. And I said Inside, Martyrs, and Funny Games, and In My Skin. Okay. Those are all, those will put you to the test. So I'm interested to hear you guys in chat next all, week. All pro, I haven't seen In My Skin, but otherwise I'd say all pro, pro picks. Yep. Um, if, and if you really want to go gonzo, I mean, if you really want to go all in, there are those films that I talked about, the Mortem films. Um, I talked about those a couple years ago on Game mm-hmm. Face, but they are basically snuff films. They're not really snuff films, but they're films that are made to look like snuff films. And the effects in them are really good. Like the guy who does them is a uh, prodigy of Tom Savini. Mm. So the, in their practical effects, they're not CG. They do them all by hand, but it is really hard to watch. There's like three of them. Like if you get through one, you get like a black star. <laughs> Shit. 
So anyway, Halloween is coming up. I'm glad you kind of brought it back to Halloween uh, before we close the show. Uh, everybody be safe, although it's going to be pretty much impossible to not be safe during Halloween this year because nobody can go out. I do feel really terrible for the kids, man. Like I, yeah. like we live in an apartment complex and like I thought about like setting like a bowl of candy out by our door because it, it sucks, man. It's like as a kid, it's one of the best days of the year. But but then I'm like, if I'm the parent, like I'm not going to let my kid just take candy out of a bowl. Like even if we put up a sign that says like we sanitized all these, like I still wouldn't let my kid take them. So I feel bad for him, man. Like mm -hmm. it literally Halloween was like the highlight of my year when I was from like six to like 12. So it's oh, uh, and Hale of Starscream mentions he recommends the original French version of Inside. Um, which which reminds me of one of my other favorites. This is a classic one, uh, but the original, uh, I believe it's I believe it's Dutch. The original, I think it's Dutch, uh, or maybe it's Belgian. I can't remember, but it's it's uh, the original version of The Vanishing, uh, whose original title is Spoorloo. Um, not the not the re American remake. The American remake is terrible, um, but the original Vanishing is one of the most unsettling things I've ever seen. Not because it's like gory or horrible or whatever, but because it's just, it taps into a, like a primal fear of mine of losing someone and never finding out what happens to them. And um, like that, that drive to find them and find out what happened is, is a very, is very well depicted. Uh, do not judge it by the American remake. If you've seen the vanishing, go find the original one, which I believe the criterion collection has. Um, that's a, that, yeah, you're recommending like more like ruin your life body horror stuff uh i like vanishing is a little more cerebral but i find like it no less horror. disturbing yeah yeah um justin horman brings up audition uh he had asked for like mm -hmm. obscure stuff so i know audition is an import film but that to me is like the one import film that everyone has yeah. seen which is like why to me that it. would be like uh to me, if you're asking for that kind of recommendation, I feel like you've probably already seen Audition. Yeah. That's like the first it's in the movie. Same, like High Tension is kind of like that too. Yeah. It's kind of like the yeah. one extreme horror film that everyone's seen already. Mm -hmm. So I try not to mention those two, but those are two great films as well if you're if you already seen this. Yeah, stuff. I really like High, High Tension has a very bad reputation uh, with like, Because a lot the of ending ruins it. Literally the last 15 seconds of the movie ruins the movie. It is a very strange way to go with it. It yeah. just doesn't make any sense. The rest of the film is literally brilliant. Well, the, well, the rest of the film is in her head. Right. That's what. That's the only way it makes sense. And because she's, it's set up as her being an unreliable narrative. But you're sort of, you're sort of like expecting it to somehow all connect up, and it doesn't because she's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Texture glitch. Cabin in the woods. Also great, but yeah. Not really disturbing. Very different. It's more of like Very, the tongue yeah. in cheek, campy kind of horror stuff, which I also I mean, love. Yeah, I there's love all a lot of, of room for that. There's, 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 it's a good palate cleanser if you're going to watch more than one of these. It'd be good to. Throw Cabin in the Woods in between a couple where yeah, couple actually it will lighten the mood a little yeah. bit. That's the funny part. Like you go, time it so Cabin in the Woods is on when you got to eat dinner. You know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There's our horror movie uh, recommendations for Halloween 2020. I hope you guys managed to have some kind of fun on Halloween. I'm trying to figure out some way to do it. I'm striking out. So if any of you guys come up with a way to celebrate mm -hmm. Halloween without being able to go out, uh, be yeah. sure to share it on the site or in the comments below the show. Oh, one okay, one more thing if you like friday the 13th if you want to go more mainstream uh -huh. schlocky slasher the new shout factory set they just put out of that th of that series is astoundingly good okay. like it's i mean look most of those movies are garbage we know that but if it's your kind of garbage look up that new friday the 13th box set that shout factory just put out it is astounding it has the third one in 3d uh which is 
very hard to find or ever see even. Uh, and they even found removed footage from the original cut of, I think the second one that they actually contacted the producer and he found the cut footage prints on a VHS tape in his garage and they scanned it and restored them. So you can see these scenes that were cut from the film that never made it into the final cut that have been sitting in the producer's garage for 40 years. It's wow. just they, the, the, the work they did to make this the definitive collection of these movies, despite how stupid most of them are, is just really admirable. I really appreciate what they did with it. All right. So there you go. That's Halloween. <laughs> There's there's that pretentious we were looking for. There (laughs) There we go. go. Now I nailed it. Now I figured it out. So anyway, everybody have a great Halloween weekend. Try to make the best of it. We'll do the same. We'll be back here next week to basically completely preview PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X right on the eve of launch. We'll also wrap up Xbox One and PS4. We'll probably be selecting our uh, favorite games of the generation next show. And we may even put our heads together and do a top 10 consoles of all time list for you guys on Game Face next week, which will be real tough, especially if Matt and I have to decide on the 10. That could be really fun. So anyway, big show next week, just really the precursor before it all kicks off for Generation 9. Thanks to everybody who was on the stream, all the great comments, all the great questions at the end. Um, You can find us on Twitter at Sifted Games. You can find me at Dinfire, and you can find Matt at MKyle. And if you'd like to help Sifted in any way, Just head to patreon.com slash sifted. You can give us as much or as little as you want every month. So on behalf of Matt and Jared behind the TriCaster, I'm Shane. We'll see you next week. Game Face is up and out.